Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Hall of Fame College Football. I'm your host, Jason Watkins. And if you love college football, you're definitely in the right place. So before you forget, smash that red subscriber button, like our videos, and don't forget to ring the bell so you don't miss one moment of the Hall of Fame College Football live stream. Folks, we will have the coach and an, a few other uh, creators and guests on here just shortly. Uh, but we are going to be going into a couple of different things tonight. A uh, big week in week one of the college football season. Obviously, those Oklahoma Sooners coming through, uh, having a big opener at home against Arkansas State, 73-0, scored on their first 11 drives of the game, um, completely wiping out that FCS. Well, no, not even an FCS. It's a group of five. Uh contender actually uh in the sunbelt conference looking ahead to this week the <clears throat> you will have uh oklahoma taking or uh playing host to smu expect a bigger um well you would have to expect there to be a little bit more pushback from smu coming into the game i still suspect that oklahoma should blow them out as well we're going to figure it out and find out. Hopefully, uh, they won't be having a flop like a lot of the Big 12 uh, members did over the weekend. You had losses by Texas Tech and Baylor. Texas Tech on the road at Wyoming, uh, losing in double overtime. Baylor getting beat at home, uh, well, <laughs> by 11, 42 to 31. And then you also had... Those Oki light cow pokes uh, winning by two touchdowns, but it was anything but pretty, um, you know, going into the fourth quarter, it was actually a tie game. And before Oklahoma state was able to pull away with, or not a tie game, I'm sorry. Uh, it was a one score game. <clears throat> Central Arkansas goes and gets another six points in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, Oklahoma State was able to put two TDs on the board late to pull away 27-13. Not exactly what you would expect, though. Uh, if you're listening to the Oklahoma State um, apologist talking about everything, that's, hey, what's up, Drew? How you doing, buddy? Uh, not what you would expect if you're listening to all these Oklahoma State apologists talking about how great they're going to be under a Division three defensive coordinator, and mediocre Mike Gundy, who we've talked about hadn't been getting it done lately, uh, is what it is. Oki Light was having tryouts. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't surprise me at all. Mediocre Mike, yes, yes, yes. Uh, what's up there, Lucas James? How are we, everybody? Uh Thank you guys for all showing up, Mars. Uh, Brian, Brian, how's it going, bud? We've got Hank and Kim in, as always. Drew, good to have you on the show, man. Uh, if you'd like to jump in, I could send you a uh, 
I could send you a link actually, if you'd like to um, get you on here for just a couple of uh, minutes, if you'd like to anyway, he did look, Hey, look, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this. I've been saying this throughout the off season that I think that Gunner ought to be in the game. Um, yeah. Hey, please do wipe your feet as you walk in. I appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much. Your hall of fame. Also hard chat and your community is amazing. Yes, it is. We've got a great, great community, uh, right here. Members of the hall of fame mafia, great community. You know, it's a uh, coach. And I say this a lot, uh, if it wasn't for you guys and your knowledge and your loyalty, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this week to week, man. We appreciate that. Uh, Glad you guys are all here, though. Again, yeah, I have no. You know, they were they were just sure that they had the right guy in uh, <laughs> in um, their often transferring quarterback that they brought in. And honestly, I mean, to me, Gunner was the guy, right? I mean, it seemed to me like he should have been the guy. Um. I know that, you know, people talk about his shaky hands or whatever and when he got into that K-State game. But to be honest with you, even that interception that he threw once he got in, he hadn't, what, completed three or four passes. He was running around inside and outside the pocket. He looked pretty good to me. And the pick that he threw, I mean, he was trying to make something happen. It probably wasn't the smartest throw, you know, having a kind of sideways throw, trying to do his little best impression of Patrick Mahomes thing. Um, wasn't the smartest thing in the world. But honestly, I I think that he's definitely better than anybody they have on that roster, right? I mean, it's just uh, is what it is. Kind of like Texas, they won't start the right quarterback. Yeah, I hope not. I hope that <laughs> I hope they continue to keep the transformer on the bench, and uh, you know, when it comes time, if Quinn doesn't do what they wanted to do, hopefully they will stick him into the. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think that he wants to not put him in a situation where he ends up getting blamed for their, them being mediocre. But I think he's your one chance uh, to get it done. You know, I think there's a reason why TCU was really heavy on him. Um, I don't think there was ever an idea that he was not going to go to Oklahoma State because he wanted to play for his dad. But I know that there was a reason why there were other schools that were pushing to get him in the, you know, in the Big 12 and, and out you know, from Power 5 programs. So it is what it is. Uh, I hope everybody did wipe their feet as they come in. Please make sure that you hit that like button if you would like to become a member of the Hall of Fame Mafia. That's our channel membership. It starts off at $2.99 a month. Just jump on there uh, at the web address right above the tonight stuff. Uh, and um, for as little as $2.99 a month, that's about half of what it costs for a Starbucks coffee, you can be a member of the Hall of Fame Mafia, get into our Discord, uh, get some of our members-only content that is coming out there as well. Uh, official podcast merchandise also at hofmedia.us slash pod-merch. Uh, get in there, check out our SUC wear, our Horns Down stuff, and, of course, our HOF logo attire. If you are a tailgater get in there and check out the amazing grills from louisiana grills they're grills and smokers in the black label line uh, you get a hundred dollars off just for using our link uh you we also have our membership uh 
or our partnership with Fanatics, just using our link will get you up to 65% off everything in the store. Uh, you do not get a better deal for all your licensed gear than what you're going to get through our link. Um, the freeway, just hit the like button, folks. Makes it nice and easy. Keeps the algorithm working in our favor. So, hold on real quick. Uh, Drew, did you say you wanted to get in here or not really? Uh, we're going to have Big Dave in here real quick. Let me find Drew and I'll send you that into your... Um, Draw sent you a link, so you can come in if you'd like. All right. Uh, his son can give them wins. Mike won't start Gunner because he doesn't want to be seen as nepotistic. Then he shouldn't have freaking signed him to the team. You know what I mean? Why do you even sign the guy if that's the case? If you ask me. Um, seems a little weird, but whatever. Um, Let's see. I believe we have hey, Big Dave coming. What's up, this buddy? Big Dave Uyunglele. Welcome to the show, my man. How you doing? How you doing, man? Missed y'all. Hey, man. I'm glad you. I'm glad you came into the show. Hey, I'll tell you what. What a freaking game the other day by DJ <laughs> throwing man. some lasers out there, bro. Um, that game uh, meant a lot to me. You know what I mean? I'm sure. It, it was doing his. Uh, it was just. Seeing my son, you know, just at, at peace with a lot of things and just going out there, being with his brothers and, you know, performing. And I was just, I was praying that he have a good game. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, you know. As a parent, you're trying to root for your son to have a good game. But, man, um, couldn't happen any better, right? Man, no way. I, th I thought it was fantastic. You know, I watched it from start to finish. He was throwing some some balls that uh, – yeah, it's next level stuff, man. Next level I mean, stuff, and uh, obviously, San Jose State isn't the best. Isn't the you know that's that's not some of the teams that they're going to get into once they get into conference play. But you know, this is a good way to start off. Uh, I think it's a, a lot like yeah, like Hank says, it's a lot lot like we we thought he would look uh, in this offense with the, uh, you know, I think that, and I think that you know we're talking a little bit about it on our, in our Discord and stuff like that, you know. There's still some issues going on at Clemson with trying to figure out what's going to happen with their offense, with their quarterback and everything else. Not trying to put you in a position to say anything like that, but, I mean, I think it's clear uh, that, that he can go in there, and when he's put in the right positions, you, you know, DJ's a big-time player. So uh looked about like we expected him to in, the, in that, that, you know, uh, Jonathan Smith's offense pro style, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do some things that, you know, he could run a little bit, but I know he's not just a – a running quarterback, he can chuck it. So that was a big deal, man. Big, big game. Way to go. Well, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's not a uh, surprising news about what, how I felt about, um, you know, Clemson's offense. I, I've always said the one thing I, I need people to stop doing is blaming the quarterbacks, even yeah. Cade. Everyone wants to blame DJ or the next quarterback or yeah. It, it, to me, it was never the and Clemson fans know this. I be in the rooms and I keep explaining. You need to understand, it's not one person that makes this team. It's a team 
collection, right? It's it's a, it's got to yeah. have the receivers. You got to have the O line. You got to have the running back. You know what yeah. I mean? Then you got to have some play calling to help that out. You know, and and I I've always said that. You saw DJ the year, um, his first year with Clemson's with with, with Trevor Lawrence's O line, with mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence's receivers that he had then, and his running back. That's right. You saw DJ perform with those guys, and and yeah, he he's the only play. guy that ever threw four hundred yards on the road at Notre Dame. Exactly, you know? he holds the record there, right? That's right. And <laughs> and, 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 and this is what people the fans need to understand. When Trevor went to the league, a lot of the guys from the O-line, a lot of the guys from the receiver, mm-hmm. oh. and and to the uh, – hold on, let me um, mute this. Okay. No worries. Yeah, no, and, and to the, the running back, they all, no. they all went to the league or they graduated. Right. You know, and right. so – you know, it, it, they thrust DJ into a situation where he had to perform, you know, with new receivers, um, a, a new running back, uh, a new set of O-line, you know. So, new offensive coordinator. <laughs> and, you know, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my point, you know, like, yeah. please, guys, stop blaming Cade. Stop blaming DJ. Absolutely. You're, you're asking these two guys to go out there and perform like Trevor Lawrence and and um, what's his name, Deshaun Watson, who both of them had weapons. Absolutely. Hey, if you look at the if you look at the receivers alone, just during that time when you had Deshaun and yeah, Trevor, yeah. I mean, these are guys that were first team All Americans, you know, early high draft picks, and are doing it in the league, you know. Yeah. And something you know, we have a uh, coach I comes onto the show quite a bit uh, from. <clears throat> from the fanatic sports network and he's a Georgia creator, but he talked a lot about that. He felt like uh, just plain and simple that, that Clemson's receivers have not lived up to the billing. You know, they, they haven't gotten separation. They haven't got any, but a lot of that could have to do with the, with the new sister, you know, with having, you know, the system that they were playing under, under Streeter. Um, But he, they felt like that a lot of it was that, he didn't get a lot of. They didn't get a lot of separation. They they weren't the same type of receivers as what you saw uh, in those years yeah. with Trevor and of course Deshaun. Um, again, I, you know, when you when you're a five star and you're a consensus five star like DJ was, he was the number one recruit in the class. You know. Yeah. They, sometimes they miss on five stars. They don't miss on consensus five stars. You know this, and they're and particularly yeah. when he comes in and he performed as a freshman. You know, coming in and, and performing. You know, when Trevor got hurt. He, I mean, there's a reason why. You know, we expected what we saw from him the other day, yeah. and and I do feel like, uh, and I do feel like that's gonna we're gonna get more of that. Listen, I I have. Uh, Oregon State as my dark horse pick to go to the playoff. I feel like they're going to win the Pac-12. Um, you know, there's I think that there's a lot of really good teams, including Oregon, right in their own state that they're going to have to deal with. And of course, DJ is going to have to deal with Mateo breathing down his neck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but you know, they're and they're going to have some they're going to have some big games. But I think that when you stick a guy like uh, DJ into a situation like that, where they were really close to playing for the championship game last year, 
you know, and they weren't as strong at quarterback as what DJ makes them. And I think that that, that gives them a great opportunity to step up and see how they get it done. They get to host the game uh, with the Ducks. So, you know, I, I, I like the, I like their chances, you know, they, um, you know, we're going to see what happens. I know they don't, they don't play USC. I think USC is going to run into some trouble with their defense, not playing up to snuff the way that they are. Um, you know, I think that Caleb Williams is fabulous, and that's that's clear. But amazing. Caleb Williams is amazing. Stop somebody. What's that? Yeah. Caleb Williams is amazing. He got eyes behind his head. I mean, his yeah. and, then, and the and the uh, uh, you know those college football games. You know, uh, his awareness is like 120. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I mean, we saw it a bunch here uh, whenever he was at Oklahoma, even as a freshman. Yeah. Of course, you saw it last year where, you know, to go out there and go 11 and one uh, in his first season out there uh, was a big deal. We're going to bring you into the show real quick. Another one of our favorite creators. Uh, this is JJ from Talking College Football with JJ Kitchen. Welcome to the show, JJ. And uh, I'd like to introduce you to Big Dave Uyunglele. Uh, What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Pleasure, pleasure. The show. Yep, yep. What was that? No, we were just uh, – we've been talking about uh, what's kind of what, – what we saw from his son DJ this weekend, obviously, yeah. Oregon State game. What a monster game that was. Hello, JJ, game. I know you were I know you were keeping an eye on it. What was your uh, thoughts there? Honestly, not shocked. Uh, he's a hell of a football player to begin with. Um, I think just the system in general, man, and just the talent that he has – uh, he yeah. was ranked a five-star for a reason. He's tough as nails. He's a hell of an athlete. I just think it's a good fit for him. I think he's going to do a tremendous, and he's going to carry that team quite a bit, man. Oregon State, man, they're lucky to have him out there. I'll tell you what, it's going forward, man. He's in the Pac-12 this year. The Pac-12 is just full of great quarterbacks, man. And he, right now, yeah. he's out there. He's going to compete with. Uh, he's going to compete with Caleb. And I'll tell you what, man, it's going to be fun. We're going to see Oregon State do something really special this year, and your son's going to be a part of it. So. Good for him for for being the leader that he is. Great individual. Great. I mean, honestly, good for all of you guys. And uh, honestly, we're rooting for him. And I can tell you what, man, it's going to be a hell of a year for you Oregon State fans. I can tell you that. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm i just glad he got some weapons around him, right? I'm glad yeah. he had uh, probably one of the amazing things to me is the O-line. And I, I can't yeah. speak. I, I played O-line, so I'm always – giving the credit to the O-line. We can't do nothing without them. It shows, you know, at Clemson, you know, a lot of times they want to keep blaming the the, the quarterbacks, but, you know, it's just, it's hard to perform when you don't have the time to be back there to do what you do. And what you saw DJ sitting back there in that one play for like six seconds, you know, and all the credit to me goes to move. (laughs) Yeah. All the credit to me goes to O-line, the head coach, you know, just for the uh, um, and, and offensive coordinator, just for the great schemes, right? Um, and, and it definitely uh, plays into the the uh, um, the skill set of DJ. You know, yeah. it's it really hard. I, I've talked to coaches at Washington, talked to coaches at SC, I talked to coaches at Oregon. All of them said in Pac-12, the hardest offense to prepare for is Oregon, mm-hmm. and it's, it's Oregon because of what they do, right? Um, a play action, um, pro set. You don't know if they're going to run because they can run. Last year, you knew they were going to run, and they still couldn't stop them. So now you got a quarterback who can just – DJ just have to – he doesn't even have to be a five-star. He could just 
just manage the game. Whatever the coach, yeah. just make those simple throws. You don't have to be great. And I think this offense, you know, could be successful. They they lost to USC last year, you know, by three points. Uh, yeah. You know, um, beat Oregon by throwing the ball only six times. Um, you know, um, it, it 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 could really be something special that Oregon. I'm excited for DJ. You know what I mean? And 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 just a second chance at, at the situation where. You can rewrite, you know, just some of the stuff that happened. And but to to him, my from my just talking to my son, the place what 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 I call if there's one word to describe where he's at, the word is called peace. He's at mm-hmm. peace. He's at peace with everything. You know, he, he I, I I FaceTimed him yesterday while I was watching the game at Clemson. The boy was in the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> with a team, he didn't. He didn't care to go watch the game. You know, he still loved them guys out there. You know what I mean? Those are his brothers. You know, yeah. and a lot of people yeah. thinking he's at the house watching the game. Man, trust me, my son loved those guys. You know what I mean? He never. He, he, I I don't know. My son is just just a good person, right? Mm-hmm. And he was at a meeting. He tells me, Dad, I'll, I'll talk to you later, but my phone is blowing up. And I'm telling him, yeah, probably because they're trying to talk to you about the Clemson game, right? But I'm telling yeah. you, that just shows shows you right there where DJ's head is at. He's not worried about anything in the past. He's yeah. at peace with everything, and he's just moving forward with the team that he's playing with right now, and I'm just happy for him. I would tell you that I think that he's been nothing but a grown-up about it. You know, yeah. uh, when they when – they, <clears throat> He got asked some things right after he left and talking about, you know, the situation and how it was. And and he said some things that he felt was true. And he deserved to be able to say so because he took a lot of hits. Man. You know, he's taken he's taken a lot of shots and and not really responded. And when they asked him one more time about it, I think it was fair for him to say he didn't understand what was going on with the offense, that he wasn't there he was wasn't happy. Things. He wasn't happy with what were they were doing. I right. mean and it was you know, fair. That's a fair thing to say, Big Dave. That's a fair thing. There's nothing to say. wrong with him speaking his. If you really go back and look at my son's two years or three years that he was there, never once did he ever um, blame anybody. Never That's once right. did he ever go against the team. He put everything on his shoulders and tried his hardest to, you know, to be the, you know, to to take responsibility because you're the quarterback. And the one yeah. thing when, we, when 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 I explain to him about that position, you the leader, man. Uh, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, <laughs> it's bad. And you're gonna take all the all the all the hits for it. And he did, you know. And mm-hmm. here's an opportunity where he he got to just open up a little bit, you know. And I don't think he was being malicious or anything, you know. He, he wasn't being honest. He wasn't. And anybody who thought that he was, I mean, you don't know the kid because yeah. it, you know. I've I've heard a lot worse out of people after they after they transferred. I mean, hey, we heard a lot of crazy stuff coming out about Lincoln Riley once Oklahoma left. Once he left Oklahoma and a lot of the things that were going on and there were people that said what was real and you know, and of course they took a lot of heat for that too, but I got to tell you that, you know, to me, I thought it was a grown-up way to go about it. He's shut it down. It's not something that he says a lot of stuff. Of, he's not going to sit and talk about them now, or he's going to sit there and gloat in the fact that they didn't play no very way. good yesterday. He will that's never. That's how he rolls, you know. And that's so his brothers out there, man. That's right. He, he still loves one of his favorite guys, Shipley. 
You know what I mean? You think my, my son want to root for him to lose? He'll, no way, man. Mm-hmm. And it just it just goes overall just to talk about just the high level of character, not just by DJ, but yeah. just your entire family. And I can tell you this. He handled it incredibly. Um, you know, things happen for a reason. But I can tell you this. It, it's just the, the, the good nature that you have, of your son is to put it lightly. I mean, he's a he's a definite leader. There has never been a question about that. He's been a leader no matter what when he was at Clemson and now when he's in Oregon State. And I just think that the fact that he's he's dialed in. OK. Deep down inside, he's rooting for those guys. Like you said, he's never going to root against them. He wants them to right. be successful. But I can tell you this, though. He's dedicated to the team that he's at right now. And he's, he's yeah. dedicated to leading those, those young men that are in his locker room. He's a veteran in that locker room, and he's a leader. And I'll tell you what, he's just dialed into what he needs to do. And that, but that's really what makes him a tremendous player, but more yeah. importantly, a leader. I always tell people, nobody, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And yes. I'll tell you what, your son's one of those guys, man. He's a true leader a true man of character and that's why people love him and respect him no matter where he is so I, it's just it's putting it simple act oh we lost him he must have gotten a call there yeah. all right uh yeah I, I like that uh, comment that you made there <laughs> uh yeah I've, and and kirk i think you're absolutely right clemson wishes they had dj missing that leadership um hey connor i love that uh you know he could have made a sandwich back there that was awesome awesome stuff <laughs> Yeah, and uh, oh, hey, Big Dave, glad you made it back. No worries, no worries. Hey, uh, Connor, uh, we, thank you. One of our one of our guys. He said DJ said I could have made a sandwich back there. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I just, tell you that that the, throw as much time as he had, he still had to. It wasn't like that was an easy throw there. You know, he had that guy was pretty much blanking him. He put it on the money yeah. from you know it's a 25, 30 yard throw, and he and it was a laser in there that he made. It was great throw, uh, great throw, great touchdown. You know what I loved about it most, honestly? What I loved about it most is just his footwork and how composed and calm he was. I mean, he's literally looking at every one of his progressions. And guess what? Had no intention of running. The The, the point was this. We're going to score a tutty or we're going to get at least 20 or 30 yards in this throw. Yeah. I just He's going to do a hell of a job this year. And it's only week – and that was only week one. I There's mean, a reason why I picked him, man. I've had him picked for the Pac-12, man. I really do. And, I, and I, I'm hoping – that you know it helps maybe get them to the Big Twelve. I think it's a it's a shame what's going on with them and Washington State for that matter. Um, you know, yeah, that conference realignment right now is just that been conference horrible to begin was, with. was mismanaged so badly for so long, and yeah. and you've got the, some of these some of these programs that were the most loyal to the conference are the ones that are getting screwed on it. So uh, I really hope that you know. I really hope that that they find a way to get them into a better conference, and and I know that more than likely they probably. I mean, I don't see how you couldn't, right? I don't see how you couldn't. So, yeah, only as long as it was a fried spam sandwich. <laughs> Always got so. Hey, our audience is a trip, man. Our 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 audience is a trip. No, but listen, I think like uh, like I said, I feel like that's going to be a, a a something that we see a lot of going into it folks we do want to jump into the big 12 and i know you guys are already kind of talking about it here in the comments um again uh we've uh, got some a little over 30 people in here we've only got 13 likes make sure you wipe your feet before you come in my house wipe your feet and hit that like button man uh we'd appreciate it uh it helps us tremendously uh when you do that all right Let's talk a little bit about this uh, week one flop job in the Big 12. You've had Brett Yormark 
being pretty bolsterous about who he thinks is going to do what, um, talking some smack, you know, more about Texas, than, which is fine with me for the most part, but more about Texas than about OU. But uh, his teams that he was expecting to kind of compete, two of them fell on their face a little bit, particularly Baylor losing at home to Texas State by 11. Then you also had Texas Tech going on the road. They're the ones that, you know, he was there in Lubbock saying some things about hoping that they beat Texas on their way out on Thanksgiving, that he was going to be there. Uh, not a great look, if you ask me. I think that you still, those two schools are still a part of their conference, and you should have probably, uh, you know, you don't want that look of impropriety or, you know, the bad officiating has been a thing in the Big 12 for a long time. You saw there were only four total holding calls against conference opponents a year ago of Oklahoma and Texas, so that doesn't look good. And then you go in to say something like that. I think that the main thing about it that I think is bad is that if Texas Tech is to go in there and win, it's not going to be fair to them because there's going to be immediate questions on whether or not it was called correctly and fairly. And I think that that's going to be the that's going to be a question the entire conference season. And I think it's messed up. JJ, what do you think about that? And obviously, uh, they kind of he kind of put a little target on their back, and they didn't get it done this weekend. Yeah. So obviously, it was a certainly a tough weekend for the Big Twelve. Um, I, I think two. There's really two parts to this for me. Um, yeah. I mean, some of these losses. You know, I, I watched I, I watched the loss to Wyoming. I watched that on TV. That was tough to watch. Uh, I yeah. didn't get to watch the uh, the Texas State loss, but Baylor. I mean, that is th- that guy's going to be on the hot seat. I mean, he really is now at this point because it's, it's it's starting to go downhill. Yeah, right. Even with the way they played, um, you know, overall BYU only beating Sanford State by by fourteen, you know, fourteen nothing. Um, Oklahoma State in a dogfight all the way till the end with with uh, you know a Scotty Pippenless Central Arkansas. Yeah, you know? and, <laughs> when you when you look at it from a perspective of what the conference is supposed to look like and, and, and revamped and all this stuff, it was just a horrendous weekend. I, I mean, the, the results mm-hmm. were not there. I understand why Yormark's doing what he's doing because he has to you know continue to brand the conference and, and get notoriety and eyeballs on it. But these teams got to show up. I just think yeah. right now the teams in this conference are just not holding up their end of the bargain. I think Oklahoma State is in for a long year. Um, with the amount of transfers that they had, you saw the amount of change, especially, you know, look, they, they changed their entire defensive philosophy. And I think it's going to be a major issue for the rest of the year for Oklahoma State. Uh, BYU is going to continue to struggle this year. Same with Baylor. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you look at it at this point, Texas and Oklahoma are really the only two bright spots um, you know, West Virginia well, had a Kansas tough game. State, looking the way that they did as well. Yeah, Kansas State did look that. good. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think West Virginia, they had a tough game, obviously, up in Happy Valley. Um, sure. That was a blowout. But you know what, though? Hey, that's a 17 in the country. You know, I can understand to a, to a degree of that. Um, but but overall, you look at the conference, it just didn't do well. I think Gormar is going to have to continue to try to sell this stuff right now. But these teams have to start stepping up because right now they're not performing well. It certainly took a major hit on their credibility towards football. Um, you know, people trying to call them a basketball conference now and not a football conference. We'll just we'll see what they do, but they got to get after it, you know, because right now when you look at yeah. it, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. So when you look at the teams that are coming in, you know, Utah will be there in, in a year and so will Colorado. And I love what Coach Prime's doing. I love what he did in, in week one against TCU. Um, but you know what? The, the, the teams that are there right now, they got to start stepping up a little bit. Same with Houston. They didn't look good this weekend. There's got to be some progress here in week two. And usually teams make their biggest improvement from week one to week two. 
Right. JJ, you're breaking up just a little bit. You got, are you uh, good on your, on your internet there? Um, yeah. How, how's it, how's it now? A little better now. Yeah. Big Dave, uh, obviously uh, we can talk, we can kind of bring that into it. Looking at CU and what they did. I mean, uh, I don't know how much you saw that game, uh, you know, uh, being where you were at, obviously the, the Oregon game is going on at the same time, but whoa, you know, uh, big day for, for coach primes, uh, Buffaloes, they go in, you get a, you know, four touchdowns, 510 passing yards for Shador Sanders. He's another one of those dudes that can spin it and run. And it's been kind of amazing to me that, that people have expected so little out of Colorado. Uh, you know, I know that they flipped around an entire roster. You kind of saw the same thing with USC a year ago, and they went to 11 wins. Uh, you know, are they as good as you probably want them to be in the trenches? I don't think so. But when you got a guy like that and skill guys like Travis Hunter and, you know, some of the guys that they had, I mean, did it surprise you that much that they went in there and did that to TCU? I, th I think everyone was surprised. You know I mean? That was the biggest surprise. And no one thought, no, I don't care what anybody says. No one thought CU was going to do that, bro. I promise you. Mm -hmm. the, um, the one thing to me, I just, it, it you know, the quarterback, Hunter, you know what I mean? But what you were speaking about, the amount of uh, uh, um, players that he brought in, I don't know if it was about 45, right? 45. Uh, it was more like 70, I think. Okay. By the time it was all said and done, they only had 10, 12 yeah. guys that are yeah. still the same from last year. So they've, I mean, he basically flipped the entire well, roster, which well, when I'm you win one game, what do you expect, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm going to speak on Oregon. When when Mateo, when I was with my son enrolling this past January, mm -hmm. they had 30 early enrollments. Yeah. So Oregon flipped their roster. It's yeah. not surprising why they did that. I get I get it. That's Portland State. But what they yeah. brought in, I saw with my own two eyes. And they didn't just bring in some, reg some you know, some regular guys. They brought in some some real key key guys, and I'm pretty sure that's what CU did. And everyone just didn't assume that uh, CU was going to be what they what they saw right against TCU, a team that was in in the championship game. And boy, I mean, everyone's I, I, so I I was at the Oregon game, and people were texting about it. At, while I was at the Oregon game, the yeah. ticket sale <laughs> went skyrocket for the Oregon and CU game at Oregon. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, no, no doubt. It's going to sell out everywhere. I think, everywhere. It, you know, I think that you're going to see more than likely you're going to see Colorado on television. They did over three million views um, on Fox. I mean, it was easily the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, view amount of of the weekend, you know. And again, I think a lot of it, you know, whether or not you expected them to win or not, you know, they were a three touchdown underdog. So there was a, even Vegas wasn't expecting them to win. Um, I I talked about it early. I've been talking about it throughout the offseason. I didn't say for sure they were going to win. I did earlier on in the season. I felt like – and the reason I felt that way is because I think that you get a big hangover from losing like that in the national championship game if you're TCU, not to mention the fact that they lost as many guys that, as they did. I didn't really see them being as good as what we saw TCU a year ago. Um, 
I wouldn't call what they did a flop, uh, but that's another Big 12 team that lost. The good news on that one was it's a Big 12 team coming back into the to the conference a year from now. So that's good for uh, your mark and the Big 12. But, you know, aside from the, the teams that, you know, you had uh, Utah had a big win um, over Florida on Thursday. Then you had, of course, uh, you know, CU doing their thing as well. Look. I feel like this is probably going to be a big deal for that. The conference needs these, these four schools coming in from the PAC 12 as much as anything, because the, some of these schools that didn't or that are supposed to be carrying the torch once Oklahoma and Texas leave really didn't show up very well this, the, uh, this mm. weekend. Again, I'll say Kansas state did. And I believe a lot in what Kansas state's doing. Chris Kleiman, Kansas has got a chance to kind of carry the torch this week against the big 10. Uh, playing Illinois and Brett Bielema. But we're going to have to find out, and um, we'll see. Yeah, they've got tape against them. You know, they had tape against them from last year, too, if they were watching Jackson State. It didn't It didn't help anything. We're going to find out, though. You're right, Cracker. We're going to find out what they're really about. But, you know, I think that uh, Coach Prime probably loves it that people continue to doubt him. You know, I, I think that he would, you know. I, 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 I'm a – West Coast, diehard Pac-12 supporter. Yep. It sucks to finally have a great – we're 13-0, right? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. 12-0. Every team won. The quarterback play is amazing across the board here. Whoa. This is our last year, man. I, I'm, I'm bummed for the Pac-12. <laughs> That's all yeah. I want to say. We've been saying that a lot too, and, and you know it's it's been a shame that it's been that way, you know. And a lot of the stuff that happened, as far as what was being said back and forth between the conferences, and you know, during realignment and all that stuff, it's a shame that it went down that way. You know, it's a shame that uh, it, it very easily could have been the other way around, though. The Big Twelve could have been the one that got poached. You know, it, it could have, but you had again. I'll just say it. You had bad leadership, bad leadership from the presidents. You had bad leadership from the commissioners, both of the last two. And it, it ended up hurting them. You know, that's that's what the whole deal was. Um, in the end, you know, it is what it is. It's uh, we're, we're the good news is we're going to continue to see good football out of these guys. And uh, we'll see. Uh, but I've moved CU to a six and six bowl team. Yeah, we'll see. I think that six is probably their floor. Uh, Cracker, I think that six is probably their floor. I don't know a whole lot of teams in the pack that are going to be able to beat them with that kind of off. If they're not playing great defense, you're going to have a hard time keeping up with that offense. So yeah, I, I think at this point, you know, one, it was good to see them in one game to where they they they, they played really well. But the question, I think, in terms of some of the comments here, and I like some of the comments that are going through here, um, is TCU is TCU that good, or, or were they really that bad? That's the questions that I have at this point. Clearly, Colorado's offense is really good. But the right. question is, at this point, what's their defense going to do? Because I, I had some questions about even TCU's offense. You know, you, you thought at some point they're going to start figuring it out. But, you know, Colorado, I think they certainly have the talent. I, I, you know, I agree with right now six and six. But here's what I can tell you. If they come out week two and play the way and, and just absolutely knock the snot out of Nebraska, then we need to start having a discussion about, hey, we're going <laughs> seven, eight, nine games. Because yeah. that's back-to-back games where you're just just handing a whooping on somebody. Well, my wonder look- is if Nebraska has enough offense to keep up with them. You know, even if they don't have great defense. I mean, Travis, the, the his interception that he had, he baited him into that throw. You know, that was 
<laughs> that was something else, by the way. But for that guy to go and play a hundred and uh, it was over a hundred snaps. You know, you've never seen anything like that before at the college level where they're going both ways and playing 100 snaps and being on both sides of the ball, right? Yeah. It was really, really big time. I mean, um, to me, I feel feel like, you know, it was a big game. I expect that they should. I know they are only – I think they're favored by about three and a half at home. Uh, We're going to – I don't know what what to expect from Nebraska after that loss uh, at Minnesota. I know it's a tough place to go play in the Big Ten. I'm not they sure did. that I believe a whole lot in Minnesota to begin with, so I I wouldn't. You know, I, don't I know. just I just think right now, you know, and I understand that uh, I like Colorado being favored because guess what? You know that place is going to be rocking, man. I, I mean, oh, yeah. with the, with oh. the, the one they sold out all their games to begin with already. But the fact that just you know, I, I just I love Coach Prime and, and the and the swagger he's got. I really like it. He's a positive guy. He's developing young men. I, I love that stuff, man. There's nothing better than that and being a leader. I'm just excited to see what they do. I just want to see. I want to see what they do now. How do they handle success? We we talk about yes. you know when you're the underdog, you got nothing to lose. You're you're playing oh, at the yeah. top of your realm. Now we get to see this team. What? How do they handle success? Are they ready to turn the page and and continue their success, or they take a relapse to head back? So that's why I'm, I'm excited for week two, man. I, I just, you know, there's nothing better than college football, man. There's nothing will ever touch it. You know what I mean? I, you know, everybody talks about the NFL, you know, college football, man. It, it's just one of the best sports to watch because you get to watch week in and week out. It's any it's mm-hmm. any given Saturday, baby. It don't matter who you're facing. It comes down to execution and preparation. That's what it comes down to. And I'm excited for these week two games. I, I, I just to add to my brother, just what – Dion is doing prime. I mean, he's one of the most amazing mentors, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Um, the more he wins, <laughs> the more you're gonna believe whatever that man says, you know. And he 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 speaks the truth and he believes in his kids. That's what I love. I love watching him just prove people wrong, you know, and just yeah. just yeah. love on his kids, right? And he he sets the standard of of he, he, he go against the grain sometimes, but at the same time, for a good reason, right? He's doing it for the, the right reasons. He's not doing it for anything else but for the kids and for, for their success and just trying to make sure that um he raised not just athletes, but men with respect, mm-hmm. you know. I love the way he does things. Punctual, right? I mean, who do, who do you know that your son comes late and it's a championship <laughs> game? And you don't allow him to play because you have to hold him accountable, just like over everybody. a practice too. It wasn't. It was like a meeting during the practice week. You know, it wasn't even you know game day or anything like that. Unbelievable, right? Unbel- unbelievable, man. And just what he's doing now is just. And that's where I think that fair. I think it's unfair. A lot of this uh, criticism and stuff like that, and where they're who they are, who they're not. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about like you're saying, I, I feel like Coach Prime is. It, He's been completely on brand th- this entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not different than what he was nope. at Jackson State. He's not different than what he was in the league. This is who Coach Prime is. Yes. You don't necessarily have to love it. Uh, you don't have to like how loud he is. I understand that. You know, I think that some of the stuff he says, it, you know, it, 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 it's easy to see how it puts some people off. Yeah. But what you can't do is argue with his results and, nope. and the fact that – He's been coaching. He's been a coach for a little over 10 years, starting in high school. He moved up to the HBCU level and everywhere he's been, they've been successful. Um, Not to mention the fact that, look, 
he hasn't brought in. A, it's not like he thinks that he knows everything about coaching. He's brought in some freaking amazing coaches. You know, Sean Lewis is one of the top offensive minds in the country, period. There's six guys on his staff that have been head coaches in either the Division One or NFL level. You know, <laughs> it can only, uh, you know, I think that if you doubt these guys, you doubt them at your own peril because at some point, I'm not. I'm not picking them to win the Pac-12 this year. I'm not picking them to go to the, to go to the national or to the college football playoff either. But don't think for one second that they're not gonna. They didn't just put the Pac-12 on notice that that they're a tough out. Period. Every week. That's the way I feel about. It. They're a tough out every week. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, everybody here is. Uh, is I actually like this one. Uh, Big Dave can be an honorary OU Sooner fan next season uh, <laughs> for the Big 12 or for the SEC, you know, since uh, they're going to be headed in there. I know you are a big fan of Coach Venables, and obviously you talked a little bit about they went, they went in and had a big weekend. You're supposed to go beat Arkansas State like that. But Man. 73 nothing, you did your job, right? Man, that's, that's Arkansas. I watched Arkansas last – was it last year when they played Alabama? And they played great. I don't know if it was the last year or the year before. No, it was Arkansas State is who they had, though. Okay. It's, uh, so it's okay. uh, Butch Jones, though. I mean, he coached at Tennessee before that, uh, you know, and he had won nine. The, the year that they fired him, he won nine games. So it's, you know, kind of odd that the, the way that that went down. But I got to tell you, you're supposed to win that game. Um, no doubt about that. But And you're supposed to probably blow them out. But they kept their foot on the gas. You know, it's not that they were mistake-free, but – their quarterbacks were 30 of 33. You know, you had a freshman that got to come in. He goes 11 of 11. Um, they made sure to to keep their foot on the necks of them, uh, of of the opposition, unlike a lot of these other schools that you saw in the Big 12 uh, this, this weekend. So, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. And I, I know you're a fan of uh, Coach Coach BV, so. Yeah, he's it, a close friend. Um I love Venables. I love Coach Bates, uh, D-line coach there. You know, um, all the Clemson buddies that we had, right, when they were at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Great coaching, uh, great, just just flat-out mentor, the mentorship and the things that they do up there. I'm rooting for him. Um, they had to go out there and perform like that, right? Um, yeah. He has to make a statement. Um, it's kind of like, you know, just uh, I guess the years that he's been there, it's kind of been kind of shaky, been a tough but I, I think he had to make a statement, and um, I don't think anyone had a problem with that. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, it was it was important for him to after six and seven a year ago. I mean, nobody's. I mean, when you're Oklahoma, nobody's okay with that. You yeah. know, no matter what, they lost a lot of the players. You know, he lost two five star quarterbacks, including the guy that goes and wins a Heisman. You know, defensively, they lost a lot of guys off the defense that wasn't even very good. Uh, so it was very hard for them to kind of do the things that they wanted to do. But if you've watched what they've done in the in recruiting in the portal themselves, you know they have found ways to uh, build up, bring some guys in that are important. Getting a uh, getting uh, David Stone uh, may have been one of the biggest things that they possibly could have done to get him to commit. You know, a five star plus uh, guy on the defensive line. You know how they are with those defensive linemen, uh, the Brent Venables defensive lines, and the way that they play defense. So you had to expect that they were going to get better. 
I still feel like that there's some room to grow. Um, and I think that you're going to see that throughout, you know, the season. But I think that the schedule sets up very nice for them to be playing in Arlington for the Big 12 championship on their way out of the uh, conference there. And I suspect that they should do it. Uh, you know, the toughest games they're going to have coming up, I think, you know, Kansas is going to be a tough out for everybody. When you have Jalen Daniels, there's another quarterback that's electric. Uh, you know, you got to go on the road for that one. They don't have to deal with Kansas State. They don't have to deal with Texas Tech. They get Texas, obviously, in the Red River shootout. Uh, and then they get TCU at the end of the season, plus a trip to BYU as well. Those are going to be your toughest games. Uh, the Bedlam, the last Bedlam game, you might expect that uh, uh, Oklahoma State would come up with uh, with some kind of game to play against them. I'm going to tell you they're going to beat the brakes off of Oklahoma State in that <laughs> last one. There's been a lot of smack talk going back and forth. So, yeah, uh, but Venables you know, is just Venables is too good of a coach. That's that's why you know. You know, being a pit and facing that guy, I just one, I like the character of the, of the man, but more importantly, he's a hell of a coach, man. He's put together a good staff down there. I love the relationship between him and Bob Stoops. He's going to be successful there. Just let him do his job. He's going to build the culture. He's going to do a good job. That's why I'm so happy for him. And honestly, he waited this long of time to find the right place. Oklahoma's the right place. He's going to be there for a long time. No, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And I think that, uh, you know, as long as you – continue to, you know, recruit like this. And this is what you have to do to play in the SEC and to, and to really compete for national championships. You have to be good in the trenches, mm -hmm. particularly on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, they're going to have to play better defense than they were ever going to play with Lincoln Riley. Uh, oh, if anybody who had the, the over-under, um, it only took me about 40 minutes to say something bad about <laughs> Riley, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, yeah, Daniels didn't play because he was hurt this last season. Yeah, and, and look, I think that you're going to end up uh, seeing – I think that's one of the bigger games this week coming up uh, is to see kind of what they do against a better defense like that because one thing that we know about teams that uh, – for Brett Bielema's teams, they're going to play defense, right? They, they had a heck of a defense this last season in his first year at Illinois. So uh, we're going to see. Was he hurt this weekend too? Huh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh you might hang 100 on Oki Light is what Kim says. I like it. I hope they do, man. I hope they do. Been too much trash coming out of there. Too much, too much. All right. Moving on, moving on, moving on. Hey, we've talked a little bit about Coach Prime. Speaking of apologies, again, uh, look, Clemson, you know, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator. They still didn't get it done. Big Dave, we're not going to have you get in here and say too much about this. <laughs> but I do. I did want to talk to our ACC guy, JJ. What was your thoughts on that game last night with Clemson? I mean, they did not look the part. When it came to offensive production, they just didn't get it done, man. Yeah, so I mean, it was a it was certainly a strange game because you know, to be fair to them, I will say this: when I watch, you know, watch the whole game, uh, one to the ACC fans watching this, and obviously Duke, uh, as I've said before, Duke's a good football team. What what, what Mike Elko has done and Kevin Johns, um, what they've done with that offense and that defense in general, turning Duke around from what they were just a couple years ago. Congrats to them because Mike Elko's done a hell of a job, and I think he's gonna, he's a hell of a football coach. Uh, don't know right. how long he'll be at Duke because he's going to get a lot of notoriety and there'll be some jobs that'll be available for him. But what I can tell you is this, uh, you know, 
Duke did a good job, but Clemson really lost that game themselves. And here's why. When you're inside the five-yard line four times and you continually do not score, and it's not like you know it was amazing plays or it was it was goal line stops. I mean, they basically fumbled or threw an interception, just dumb mistakes to where if you even conclude just even a couple field goals that they missed. I mean, they really left like 28 to 30, like 31 points on the board. That's it, unlike Clemson, you know. And again, I'm a huge Shipley guy. I, I think he's a hell of a running back. They ran up and down the field. They did what they wanted to do. They could have done it continuously. They rushed for over 200 yards. Um, just, I think Cade Klubnik, he needs to, look, there was mistakes made, and there were bad throws. That There certainly was, okay? <laughs> there were certainly mistakes made. Um, yeah. does, do, they, do the wide receivers need to create more separation? Yeah, I think there needs to be more weapons on the outside. There's some real question marks there. But when you look at the game overall, Damn, man, they were inside the five, five times, five times and didn't even score. And then on top of that, missed two field goals. So when you look at it, it was really self-inflicted. But at the same time, though, there were certainly question marks with them. You know, the, 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 yeah. the non-separations from the wide receivers, the tight end play was not good. The play selection, you look at the play, and I talked about it with a couple of fans last night. You know, everyone talked about, you know, well, is it the offense? Is it Tony Elliott? Uh, is it the players? It's the system that, you know, it's, it's, they call it like the Clemson system. You know what I mean? I, I think they need to start, you know, the, the best coordinators figure out how to put the best players in the position to be successful. And right. I think right now they're trying to stay in, in that Clemson system to where they don't want to go to Garrett Riley and they want to stay towards what Dabo wants to do. And they're not letting them really do what he wants to do. Let Garrett Riley do, do, do what he wants to do. That okay. didn't make any sense to me, man. That didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. How are you going to bring this guy in and then yeah. handcuff him? To what and, and listen, that system isn't hard to learn. Yeah, it's not very quarterback it's, friendly. That's why that's why you saw Heisman at TCU last year. It's two freaking day, it's two words usually for a play call. We're not talking about about tough stuff. Look, if if and if that's what's going on, and then you gotta dabble's gotta get it together. You know, you you went with this guy for a reason. Why would you bring him into handcuffing? That doesn't make any sense at all. No. It's just it's having control over over everything and, and, and being uptight. Look, every every coach around the country will have their have their say in, in terms of whether it's offense or defense or what they want done. Sure. You know, an ego gets involved a little bit. But I think what Dabo needs to do is is allow Garrett Riley to do what he does best. You know, Max yeah. Duggan was a guy that was it was a backup quarterback last year, comes in, does his system, and then look what happens. He flourishes into a Heisman candidate. TCU has a hell of a year, and then look what happens. There's got to be a, some type of release, okay? Because eventually you, you got to quit blaming the players because it's not the players anymore. It's the system of what you're running. And it's been multiple years. You know, I, I watched it in 2021 when Clemson came look. to Pitt. I watched it, you know, and look, Clemson's been good every year. It, it doesn't matter. Even they're down years, they're winning. They're going to be games. good again. They're going to be good yeah. again. I think they're going to get it figured out. They, they're too good on defense to be able I mean, look, the, you essentially gave up a lot of those points on the fact that you weren't scoring it. And at some point, whenever you don't get the offense moving and, and staying on the field long enough, your defense is going to break down. And we know that, right? Yeah. Um, look, the bottom line is, is that to me, I picked Clemson to be one of those teams that could go to the college football playoff because of the fact that they've got, because I figured Dabo would let him do his thing, you yeah. know? And, and, and if you let him come in and do his thing, Look at what he did for TCU a year ago. You know, I know Sonny had something to do with that, and so did the defense that they had that was left over from Gary Patterson. But you can't tell me for one second that because, look, I watched Max Duggan 
for four freaking years before that, and he was never close to that <laughs> dude. I'm sorry. He wasn't. So, you know, look, let this guy come in and do his thing if that's what's up. Otherwise, I mean, look, I, it just doesn't make sense to me why you would even bother doing it. And look, one thing we haven't seen, we haven't seen Lincoln Riley or his brother's offense with a real defense. And that's what they have at Clemson. Mm-hmm. That's a stud, star-studded defense, man. I, I think they're extremely fast. Unbelievably they're good. They're yeah. doing their job. I, I just felt bad for the defense last night because they were put into positions where they shouldn't have been, you know, and just constant mistakes. And, and I mean, it just I mean, honestly, watching the game, I mean, I'm not I'm not even a Clemson fan. And let me tell you something. I'm like, damn, come on, Clemson, you're so damn close every time. You know, I can't even imagine a coach on the staff where you're just right. you're down there in the red zone. You're so close. You're about to you're about to get back in the game. You had a little bit of help. Boom. And then you have a fumble or an interception. I, I think Clemson overall will be okay, but I think they needed this to get the egos out of it and say, hey, what, what are we Probably. doing best for the team? What are we doing best for the team to win these games? And I think that those questions will be answered. I think that's a fair thing to say. I think that's a hell of a yeah. statement. Go ahead. Yeah, look, I'm sitting here listening. Remember, I, I've i watched him the last three years. Mm-hmm. I've just seen him the last two years, the frustration. I was getting the same frustration as if that was my son out there. Yeah. I just didn't understand when we play other teams, I love their offensive schemes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, why aren't we running those cross routes? Why aren't we doing what they're doing? But we're so stuck into that scheme or whatever, what we do at Clemson, right? Yeah. Do, do you know right. the first three plays of coming out? The first three plays were run plays. Yeah. But there was so much talking about how different this offense was going to be going downfield. I also didn't understand why we're still throwing the ball sideways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and it was baffling me, you know, and that defense is an amazing defense. And I got to give credit, that quarterback at Duke is for real. Yeah. You know what I mean? That quarterback yeah. at Duke, like I remember we played Pitt. That quarterback at Pitt was for <laughs> real, brother. You know, yeah. and there's only so much the defense can do until, you know, some something's going to crack, right, in that armor. And, and it happened last night. The fact that we were in the red zone four times, I can't believe that, four or five times, yeah. and didn't come out with no score – I was sitting there baffled. What the heck is going on? I don't know if the stars aligned and said, you know what, we're not allowing Cousins to score or something. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. I was yeah. like, these are easy scores. If we give it to Shipley, let him run it in. You oh, know? Um, yeah. It, yeah. It was I just, agree. it was sickening for me just to see that. I'm like, I, I, look, you know, it. yeah, I know my son didn't struggle there and all of that, but at the same time, I love there's kids on that team I love too. Absolutely. I, I didn't I didn't I just I don't know what was going on last night. I'm sitting there watching this game. I'm like baffled as hell. And and I just feel I feel like like what you guys are saying, man. We gotta just let Riley do what he does best, right? Yeah. And, and, uh, it's, I, I, and I think it's gonna happen because what they, was the point of hiring him if not, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. And, and they have no choice now not to do it to do it now. You have to. Right. Yeah, and right. I think it was concerning when when Dabo says it, you know at the post game presser, 
you know, hey, no, we're running Clemson's offense. No, Dabo, you're not running Clemson's offense. Let Garrett Riley run his offense. Because now you're seeing the transition. The greatest leaders, i.e. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, you're looking at these other guys in other conferences, especially the SEC, where the guys that are able to transition and develop with the times and keep up with everything and understand, hey, you know what? I don't know everything. That's why I have this assistant coach here. Because the greatest teams have the greatest assistant coaches. That's the next level of a lot of these teams, why they're so good. Even Tennessee with Josh Heupel and what everybody he's brought in. Even with – I love how Jeff Levy – Jeff Levy's over Oklahoma now. I just – I love when you bring in the right assistant coaches. To, to you got to do their thing, man. You got to let them do their thing. And real quick, real quick, I want to just introduce uh, Eric Cooper. Coop onto the show. He's a he's a all the time contributor to the show. He's from Unfair Sports as well. Welcome to the show, Coop. I know you What's got up, in right in the middle of a of a conversation, but uh, so you, it, it sounds exciting. And uh, sorry, guys, uh, I got a, got a sick misses tonight, and so all bedtime duties go to Daddy, and, <laughs> and they get. Then they get graded afterwards too, so it's like uh, you know, seven thirty turns into eight thirty. So there we are. But, uh, you know, I, watching that game last, but you know, you saw uh, a program kind of fighting with itself. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Duke, but oh, um, you're right. It's a program fighting itself, and and you know when you bring in. You know, that's why everybody is critical about what's going on at AM is because you bring in folks and you, you tinker with everything. And I, this is, you know, Jason, you're about to hear something that I, you didn't think you'd hear out of me. I got to give props to, to Prime. I mean, Prime brought in coordinators and he said, All right, do your job. I'm going to go yeah. after, I'm going to get us on the spotlight. I'm going to have eyeballs on us. You do your Probably job. Know what he doesn't know. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, I mean, it, it, you don't think Nick Saban brings in all these castaways so that he can, you know, basically just turn his entire program off of them. That's a different deal. But uh, yeah. when you bring in Garrett Riley and I mean, I, I kept on seeing that, you know, what the Garrett Riley offense has was it one touchdown in the past eight quarters. Mm-hmm. And but, um, you know, it, this this is not what Clemson's going to look like. It's not what Clemson's going to look like. They're going to bounce back. Everybody's all of a sudden going like, oh, Notre Dame's going to have a walkover right there. No, come on, guys, calm down. It's Clemson's going to Clemson's going to rebound because there's talent. And, um, I mean, even if – and I'm going, to, I'm going to throw some shade here, but even if Klubnik maxes out at Spencer Rattler level, that he's got the defense and he's got playmakers around him to at least be a serviceable quarterback. Now, is he – you know, is he, you know, the uh, – you know, his predecessors, not yet, but he's young and he will be. And, um, but you, you saw it when, uh, when, you know, when DJ had to come in for Trevor Lawrence, um, uh, you know, everybody booked up for, for, for Trevor Lawrence. And so DJ went balling when, you know, club came in last year for, uh, for DJ, you know, he balled out. And when you get a chance you got to run the offense, like you're supposed to, sometimes things look a little bit different and sometimes you react things differently. But that's what good coaches do is they say, all right, that wasn't what we expected. Now let's hop back on the horse because you don't think Clemson is going to be like, there's no such thing as a rebuilding year. I, 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 had to put that, I had to put that on mute for a second. I had to get on that dog. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Big Dave. No, I got a question. 
How do you guys feel? Because this always been a problem to me with Clemson. How do you guys feel with Dabble and the the the, the portal? Not not. I mean, I see Alabama get kids from portal. I see all the schools that are successful getting kids to portal. I, I'm like sitting there watching Dabble, and I'm like, brother, please, we got to evolve just like everyone else. And to me, that pride, that prideful stand of he reminds me. He reminds me of that baby that doesn't want the last bite of peas. Just holding his mouth closed and shaking his head and throwing a shit fit. And it's yep. ridiculous to me. I don't understand it. And, and I mean, even and Coach Venables kind of acted that way this past season. The first season he was there, didn't really utilize the portal much, and they, and he needed to. He did it this season. He, you know, you look, at some point you have to – move with the times and whether you like it or not. And I understand that you don't want to invite problems because you definitely recruit your own problems. Go ahead. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I would go ahead. Go ahead. I, I would, I would say this and it, maybe it's just because I watched, uh, I watched this movie the other day, but the, and man, this is, this is going to be a borderline edgy comment here, but not adopting the portal is like, um, basketball not adopting black folks like if you think that you can just continue on the train that you've been running this whole time you're going to get left in the dirt and yeah. you saw that you saw that and um you just you just got to get with it or in any sport not taking in analytics any sport that's like you drafting a a steven adams and saying hey we're going to build our team around a, a powerful center like we're playing in the 90s you can't do that you yeah. got to look at what's around you and you see it. I mean, if you watch the Oklahoma game, what's the first, what, what's the, you know, all these plays happen. And the first bomb is uh, Dylan Gabriel, a transfer to Andrew Anthony, a transfer and right. defensive line. Most of those guys are transfers. You, you got to take it. And, you know, it, it is there. Cause again, it's, it, it's a, uh, you know, recruiting is for both the recruit and the program. It's kind of like dating. It's all a bunch of bull. Because what you're seeing during the recruiting process, it, it, it's not going to be what it's going to be like when you get there in most cases. You're going to see the real person. You're going to see her fart, you know, uh, in front of you, stuff like that. And so sometimes guys do come in and they're not a perfect fit and they need to go somewhere else. And so for Clemson, you know, it's they lost Venables. You saw the record with, uh, and I don't have it right in front of me, but Dabo's lost more games since Venables left than he did before. That was the next thing I was going to bring up, JJ. What do you do? You feel like that has something to do with this? That you no longer have Coach Venables in the in there to to make it to where you don't have to worry yourself about that that side of the football first and foremost. I mean, they still have his defense there, and he didn't pull the one thing that he didn't do was was poach players from from Clemson. He promised he wouldn't. He hasn't, but it seems like he may have taken away the most important part of that team. And that was him. Yeah. I, I, no, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. No. Please do tell us, please do tell us what you think. Big Dave, if you're really yeah, big Dave, you, you tell talk us. about it. You, no, you know, no, you're guy. No, yeah. For, for me being there, just seeing what was going on there. Um, of course. Um, and anything that you do, it's always for me, if you're starting a business or you're a coaching staff, you don't try to reinvent the wheel. If you bring somebody there who knows how to do what they're supposed to be doing, 
why would you handcuff this person, right? Um, at, like like Venable being there. I mean, the guy, you never, uh, uh, Dabble didn't have to worry about defense. You know what I mean? Right. Venable took care of business. Um, you saw that every time they came. And yes, he's lost more games since Venable left. Mm-hmm. And bringing all these other, uh, uh, bringing in Riley, uh, come on, you, you're bringing him there for what he did at TC, TCU, right? Yeah. And and for me, why why handcuff that? Why, if you're gonna bring someone, you know, let them let them do the business. Is what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? And me being there watching everything, um, um, I I get dabble with the whole you know uh, the whole Clemson way and all of that stuff, but dabble, um, it takes a team. You know what I mean? A team of coaches. You got to allow them and trust them in what they do best. And I think if, you know, just like what we're talking about here, handcuffing people, not allowing mm-hmm. them to do what their their, their God-given talent and, and, and having success in the results that they did have, uh, you you won't you won't get that right. You, uh, for me, I just it just it doesn't me. make sense to me. It definitely doesn't make sense to to me. But uh, give us what you think there, JJ. So I kind of, in my way, I kind of related to what the New England Patriots are right now. There's the Belichick way, you know, the, the Patriot way, but right now they're lagging a little bit behind. You're seeing them drift away. The same thing with Clemson. Okay, I understand his way of doing things. Hey, we recruit our guys. We want our guys to be in this area. This is who we are, our culture. But just like anybody else, I think Colorado's an outlier because obviously Dion took over a different program, had to change everything. But you you use it's it's a lot like you use the portal to supplement the areas that you're deficient in. Okay, you don't need to recruit your entire roster from the from the portal, but there's going to be certain areas each year that you say, you know what, maybe we missed on this guy. When we recruit this guy, hey, maybe we missed on this guy. Then you want to add in those portions. Like for instance, Pitt's done that, and Pitt has seen success the past four years where we 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 haven't seen before since really the, the 2010s or even the, the early 80s. Because you're supplementing, you're understanding, hey, we're deficient in these areas. We're going to put people in these positions where we know we're, we're not as much in depth or that much in strength. You're able to fill those voids. But also, too, the greatest head coaches allow their coaches to coach. You brought them in for a reason. I love how Prime today on the Pat McAfee show said, look, it starts with the staff. It starts with the people that we bring in from the top yeah. down. Every great organization, whether it's business, universities, you name it. Oh, NFL teams, it's the owner, the GM, the coach. And the universities, it's the board, the president, the AD, and the football coach, the head football coach, and then the guys he brings in. When you're able to do that and you build the culture that you want to build, you're automatically going to attract the players that you want in your system. And when you attract the players you want in your system, you're going to be successful. And I think right now with Clemson, it's that, it's that tug of war in there right now. There's friction. You know, we, we don't want we don't want friction. We want things to be smooth. We want to put down a nice, good, good piece of concrete, put it down, make it nice and smooth. Right now, they're having that issue. Allow these guys to coach. Allow Garrett Riley to coach. And honestly, the defensive coordinator there now, uh, Goodwin, he had major reviews. He learned everything he learned from Brent Venables. I just think that the things they're missing the most right now is the just the reliability of Brent Venables in the corner where he was the assistant head coach and he controlled everything else behind the scenes. That's what they're missing right now, and they need to let these guys coach. Would you would would you say though, you know, in, in watching that game, and you know, I tried to go back and watch a few things. You know, Garrett Riley and and Dabo, 
didn't fumble the ball three times, you know, down and at the goal line. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, you got to think, I mean, yeah. we've seen it, we've seen it with the, with the stuff in the past where you've got the defense just continually out there and they they'll make plays, they'll make a stop. Then the offense goes and lays an egg or scores in 11 seconds and they're right back out there. And it doesn't matter. I mean, you can have a good defense and the moment that you start giving the ball for multiple possessions, they're not going to get rest. And then all you're, and you're looking at a guy who is trying to follow in Daniel Jones footsteps and trying to make a name for himself. And now people are going to know him, but that game is completely not a blowout in real life. You know, without yeah. it, the, the, sure. the scoreboard is what the scoreboard is, but they, uh, you know, they moved the ball up and down. So I don't think it was really a Garrett Riley system, um, you know, in, in, in the end of it, but it, it is, I think that there was a little bit of, you know, just lack of focus of detail because I mean, it's not, let, let's be honest. Duke, Duke looks better than what we remember, but sure. Duke isn't a juggernaut on defense. They shouldn't be punching the ball out of the goal line several times in one game. And, and, you know, so there, I mean, there you are. I mean, they were causing turnovers against Duke too. And then the offense right. couldn't capitalize. And I right. think it starts there. And we yeah, let me let it. me welcome my co-host into the show real quick here. Coach, the coach, Philip Roybal. Welcome in, Coach. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know you were talking a lot about uh, – you've been talking to me since last night about this as well. Uh, you know, this uh, offensive juggernaut not getting it – or supposed to be an offensive juggernaut not getting it done. You're on mute, Coach. I think you're, you're on mute. <laughs> Go ahead, Jesus. coach. There you go. You're good. Am I, am I good now? Yes, yeah. sir. Okay. So, so here's here's the deal, guys. It wasn't a blowout. It was an ass whooping. <laughs> let, let's let's call it what it was. They got their ass kicked, and guys, that's been happening a lot lately. You know, Notre Dame sucked last year, and we gave them a ass whooping. Uh, and and. Dabo better get used to it. And I, I just listening to a little bit what I've heard from you guys is the system's got to change. And, you know, just because you used to win doing this doesn't mean you're going to continue to. I, I mean, Dabo's a smart guy. I mean, come on. You ought to see it. The It's, it's right in front of you. And, you know, hell, it's like a damn rattlesnake. It's, it's biting your ass. And you ain't doing nothing. Uh, so it, it's time to it's time for him to, like y'all said, let your coaches coach. You know, and guys, let's be honest. You know, hell, I was a head coach for a long time. I was the dumbest coach on the staff. And 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 I hired people that were great coaches and I let them go to work. Uh, and it was my job as the head coach, and it should be for for almost all head coaches to it's your job to lead the pack. It's their job to coach the hell out of their kids, to build relationships with their kids. And, 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 you know, if those kids know it's coming from you and, and they buy into you as the position coach, you're going to get a lot more out of it as a team. And, you know, talking about how, Offense didn't get it done or defense didn't get it done. Guys, last time I checked this sport, it's a team game. And yeah. it don't make a damn if the offense got it done or the defense didn't. It, it's We're all in this together. You know, the last time I checked the scoreboard, they all lost their ass. 
it wasn't it wasn't that's a defense true. lost or you know so again I but but you know what guys and 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 I can hear us say Duke Duke's not that good. Well, I guarantee you, guys, they're pretty damn good. They I, are good. We, we can say they're not very good, but but they're pretty damn good. And you're going to see they won that nine games last year. As the season progresses, they're pretty damn good. Yeah. Is Clemson pretty damn good? Not right now. But can they be? Can they salvage the season? Hell yeah! It's one game. That they're going to be fine. If if he'll do those things you guys were talking about. Clemson had over 400 yards. Yes, sir. Way more yards. You know what I mean? So, well, they just pissed down their leg every time they got down to the goal line. Exactly. They, they just pissed down their leg. They should have won that ball game. Mm-hmm. Yes, they should have. I agree. Yep. When you're in the red zone like that and you don't, when you don't convert or even, and not even just that, not even the red zone, even the field goals they missed, they missed two field goals. They really, they really goals. left 31, really 31 points yeah. on the board. You know, they were able to run the football. They had two over 200 yards rushing. You know, they were able to do what they want. But when you look at it, you, you could tell they were just out of sync. And then the minute they fell down by a couple of touchdowns, they started pressing. Guys were mo- The guys weren't thinking. They were pressing. All of a sudden, you have more turnovers. You and that's what happens. It. it snowballs on you. You're yeah. exactly right. And the momentum just crushes you. So, in reality, Coach, I agree with you. I think if, if they allow Garrett Riley and just, again, come together as a team, I think this team could be really, really good. And guess what? They're, they're ranked. They're ranked number twenty-five today in the AP poll. They got. They still have a good opponent still on the schedule. FSU still on the schedule here in a couple of weeks. We'll see what that looks like. Yeah. Florida State did a hell of a job beating up LSU over the weekend. We'll yeah. see what that looks like. But you know, again, LSU Clemson certainly got enough chances. It's only week one. They're still ranked. The goals are all still in front of them. We'll see what they do going forward. Damn, I hated to see LSU get beat. You know what I like to see? What I liked about today? I look at the top rankings and OSU is at 16. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then I see I see Clemson at 25. Yeah. And then I think to myself, well, I think my son made a good decision, you know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm proud of him for it. I'm not yeah. looking to like downplay Clemson. I'm no. just saying, you know, he did the best thing for him. And sure. I'm very proud. Well, he looked of him. damn good. <laughs> very proud. Of him. He looked great. He looked he great. Looked really, really good this weekend, man. And I think, again, that's my pick to win that conference. Uh, you know, I would not be surprised at all if he did. Big question, real coming in from Stephen G. I like this uh, this question. Is the hateful eight bad, and will Dion own the Big Twelve soon? <clears throat> Let's wait. Let's wait because don't get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's sorry. um. No, I mean, if you take TCU's, I mean, they they did what they did last year. We talked yeah. about it quite a bit. They had almost every single break that could potentially go their way went their way. Um, it, they just one hundred percent. They balled out last year. They lost a lot. They they bring in a lot of guys. That defense, though, the year before looked looked bad. Uh, TCU's defense has not looked good in quite a long time. And last night they, um, you know, they had to play ball with somebody who was willing to go score with them. Now, was I dead wrong on Shador? Yes. hundred percent dead wrong on Shador. He is much better than I get, uh, than I gave him props for. But mm-hmm. I also think that TCU might be on the struggle bus this year. And uh, we need to see them go in because now instead of, Hey, 
let's prove it to the world. Now everybody's riding really high and they think that uh, it's, you know, they're on third base about to come home to score. And so let's, let's see what happens, you know, the rest of the year. Um, that, that conference, uh, you know, I, I dubbed it the, Oh, bless your heart conference, you know, a while back because it doesn't have any, any primetime names in it. It's got a lot of interesting stories, but there are about eight teams in there that could, that could say, Hey, listen, let's go, let's go make this ours. You're just going to see a, uh, it's the, uh, most of these conference, uh, most of these, uh, remaining teams are teams who can really give it a good shot every two to three years. And so you're going to see a lot of rotation up at the top of that. But, you know, if you're yeah. if you're Colorado or Utah or anybody coming in, you're not looking at anybody going, dang, that's the that's the game that we got to circle right there. You're just saying we got to work on us. Let's go get better. And then when we show up, we take care of who's in front of us. Doesn't matter who it is. And, yeah. you know, let the chips you know fly, fall where they may. You know what I what I find interesting, though, is. I guarantee you, I, I would say probably 90, at least 90% of the country didn't think that Colorado would beat TCU. Maybe closer to 99%. Because as we've sat on this show alone and the different people we've had in here, I guarantee you there, there weren't very many Colorado believers. There, mm-hmm. there, were, there weren't very many prime supporters. And, guys, like I said before, he's not doing it the traditional way. He's not doing it. Even the college coaches hate him because he's doing it differently. But you know what? There's not – there's different ways to get from point A to point B and be successful. And just because he's done it different, and number two, because he's loud about doing it, He's loud, and he just, hey, he's going to tell you what he thinks. He doesn't give a shit what you think. He's going to lay it out there, and people don't like that. Uh, from coaches to administrators to, to fans. But I'm going to tell you, and I saw the question earlier, how many games is Colorado going to win? There, I, Guys, I, I truly believe they'll win five or six ballgames. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so – you know, we talked – there was a lot of smack talked about them, but they look pretty damn good, guys. Offensively, they definitely look good. They definitely look good. And and talking about, you know, listen, with the Pac-12, it, it, Big Dave said it earlier. They went 12-0, and 12-0, uh, you know, on the weekend. And and one of those – another one of those big wins was, was against an SEC opponent and uh, with those – with those uh, Utah Utes uh, kind of just destroying them. They they look and, and I've I've been saying this a lot. We and coach we say this a lot on this program. I feel like Coach Whit might be one of the top two or three coaches in the entire country. Period. No two ways around it. He don't get the kind of guys that that a lot of these other you know big brands are getting. And every year they find a way to win. They have they're playing two backup quarterbacks. Not even their normal. Uh, yeah, as you're saying here, Cam Lewis, uh, uh, Cam, look, they still dominated the football game. 24-11 wasn't even as close as it was. It makes it sound a hell of a lot closer than what it was. They owned them, right? They owned them. So, to me, these guys, uh, it look, it's a shame that, that things are the way that they are as far as, you know, how the, the conferences are shaking out and that you don't get to continue to have the Pac-12 the way it was. The good news, I think, for the Big 12 is 
you're bringing in some of these good programs and you got an opportunity to bring in a couple more and I would go get them. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, yeah. if, if I'm the big 12, I don't, I don't rest on this and, and just think, you know, we can't afford to go get these guys. I think you go and you get Oregon state and even Wazoo, uh, because that's a good travel partner for Oregon State. And I think you need to go do that. I think it's yeah. ridiculous to not do that. Um, and look, uh, to hell with the basketball programs, right? That's not who you got to – that's not <laughs> what you need to do right now. You don't need to go and get UConn and these other – if you're the Big 12, right now what pays is football. And if you've got a player, if Jonathan Smith is going to stay at his alma mater, they're going to be good. That's all there is to it. They're going to be good. You know, I mean, when you can bring in a guy like DJ, you know, into your program, along with a lot of good guys that he brought in, you know, you know for sure that they're going to be a player. And again, with Utah, I I think that they hit a home run there. I know everybody in the Big 12 got sick of their mouth when it came to the the, you know, the fan base and stuff like that. But make no mistake, they made the conference better when you're losing your two blue bloods going into the future. You need programs like that. To be honest with you, I wish the ACC would add Oregon State, Washington State to create a pod out there with Stanford and Cal. You know, that's just, that's just my opinion. I think just the the way everything's going right now, I think it would be a great ad. I think it's a disservice right now with the way Oregon State's playing, being in the top 15. I just think that the way that they're playing and they have a great, a great head coach and and especially who is alma mater he's coaching at. Yeah, uh, incredible guy yeah, being able I to mean, do what, that. What, how big of a hurry is he going to get in to leave? You yeah, know what never, I mean? Never. And so that's why I just think that it would be a really, it'd really be a disservice if they went to the Mountain West or even the American. I just think those are two great institutions. They have great fan bases. They're very yeah. loyal. Put them in one of the, put them in one of the, in, in either the Big Twelve or the ACC. Preferably, I'll tell you what, I I take them in a heartbeat in the ACC and to create the pot out there. That's just my opinion. So. Yep, I agree. I got another question for you guys. Y'all might have already talked about it. What about all these big-time quarterbacks that were supposed to put up all these big numbers and be badasses? Where were they this weekend? Other than getting their ass kicked. Which ones are we talking about? Well, you don't know who I'm talking about? (laughs) Come on, man. I'm sure. Come on, man. You know who I'm talking about. talking Jaden Daniels or Kate Klubnick or both? Where were they? (laughs) Both of them. Quinn Ewers. Yeah, Thank Quinn. You. Yeah, Quinn's another one. Yeah, where were all these fellas? Look, I would tell hey, you why? that uh, I think Quinn didn't play terrible. I think that uh, that Texas didn't play great. I, I can tell you that part. Uh, as far as Jaden was concerned, I don't know what happened to LSU in that second half, and that's something we were uh, one of the next things I was going to bring up. But forgive me if I'm not ready to just crown FSU for beating LSU after the way that they crumbled. I mean, uh, look. I know I know they wanted to have a championship parade, you know, yesterday morning uh, for beating LSU for a second time. But uh, when you beat, you know, when you go and beat Wake Forest and you go and beat NC State, not to mention Clemson's beating you eight years in a row, then we'll talk. You know what I mean? But, uh, it, look, you beat LSU last year. You know, I, I and I'm not sure what's going on with LSU, though, and I don't understand what – you look. Daniels looked good in that first half, but it didn't look – I mean, it didn't – none of it looked good in the second half. None of it. I'll tell you what, man. That, that in your week ones, you know, one, in, in generically, you know, even with Texas and everybody, when you're facing an FCS opponent or a smaller opponent, you're going to do the vanilla offense. It's what we all do. Yeah. It, you know, I watched it this weekend even yep. with everybody. 
But when yeah. you look at, especially with Texas having to face Alabama next, that's under, I understand why they did what they did. Sure. But when you look at FSU, okay, when you look at FSU, for instance, I agree. You know, it, again, it, it depends on the season as it plays out. But what you saw in that game, honestly, Jason, is that you saw Brian Kelly get out coached. It came down yeah. to adjustments in the second half, and you saw a defensive line from Florida State absolutely dominate the line of scrimmage. And same thing with the offensive line. And look, I don't, I don't like how Florida State's been a loud mouth all year. They certainly have a lot to prove. I totally agree with you on that. They got a lot of stuff to prove yet. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you this: it, it's the shellacking. It's not like they they, they won on a on a block, you know, an extra point last year. This was a shellacking. I mean, they, they beat them into the ground, no, and then did. and then even today, and and then they the were news losing up to half and blew them out. 24 unanswered points. I mean, you, just, you look at it, and then you have to say to yourself, today they had a news conference, and they said, look, the the offensive lineman, the, the left tackle, number 70 from LSU, said to the defensive line of, of, of uh, Florida State, man, you guys got some dogs. I mean, I don't know what he's doing over at LSU. I can't believe, you know, and, he, and obviously he opened his mouth earlier in the week saying we're going to beat the brakes off of, you know, Florida State. That was a bad move. What was that about? I'll I, I tell you what. The guy's ballsy, but I think he needs to realize that you know what? Maybe you need to be a better coach first, and when before you start opening your mouth, that's well, the he's problem. He's got a bigger, he's got bigger balls, and he's got brain. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you, you look at it, you know, Florida State. That's why I understand the fan base is all pumped up because it's a much bigger. They beat the brakes off them this year on national television. But again, like you said, Jason, they got to prove it out the rest of the season. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited well, look, to see Florida State come receiver, to Pittsburgh in Week Ten. Look, that receiver. And and their whole receiving core, for that matter, they made that LSU secondary look non-existent. Yeah, you know that's that's non-existent. That's not even, and I'll tell you what, cashing in all the drops too, because yeah. you know Johnny Wilson looked mm-hmm. like he was scared of the football at times. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> look, man, I'm telling you that. <laughs> I'm telling you now, these guys. Uh, again, I'm not ready to crown FSU yet. But I tell you what, that that receiver and and that the way that they played and look, you got to give props to the way that they came out there and handled business in that second half because they did, uh, you know, and they did it on the, they did it in the trenches. They did it definitely. Jordan Travis went out there and had himself a game. You know, mm-hmm. he did. And, so, and Coleman and Coleman really earned himself right now as a potential yeah. first round draft pick. That wide receiver. I mean, he well, was an he was making the NFL catches up there instead of you know. I mean, you know, wow. And how does MSU let him get away? There ain't no damn way. Hey, and I, I I love the quarterback's mom that sends him that message before every game. You suck. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Thanks, <right>. mom. <laughs> But you know, I'll say he this. Didn't, he it's, didn't suck last night. Not at all. LSU doesn't ever have an issue with talent. They always have an issue with discipline and coaching. And Brian Kelly is, you know, doesn't matter what coaches. If you take a coach down there, Brian Kelly hasn't earned any respect from there. Nobody really, you know, when he walked in the doors, nobody was like, oh my God, it's Brian Kelly. Nobody, nobody said that crap. And then when you see him dancing around in the recruiting videos, it's hard to take the guy seriously. But you know, it, that that's what you saw is you saw a lot of like integrity in the on the defensive line. Uh, you saw a lot of frustrating, um, you know, the cornerbacks, you know, every single time that somebody catch a ball, they turn around and look at the safety and and point at the safety or they'd be throwing their hands up like they it was it was it was a little frustrating. But, uh, you know, again, LSU was last year. They had the same stuff. They, they looked like world beaters at times and they looked like uh, they, they weren't gonna be able to do much at times. And, it, and it's always because. They got to get that discipline. They got to break into the coaching. They got to believe in the system. 
And if they're not going to do that, they're going to do this. They're going to show up at random times and they're going to put it to people and they're going to show up at times. And you're going to be like, what that, what, what team am I watching? Like what, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, Adela, that's uh, probably because they're having arguments with, uh, <clears throat> with a couple of different um, cable providers. So if you are with, uh, I know what was it? Um, their spectrum spectrum and, if you have spectrum yeah. that's probably why you're not getting it right so um yeah uh let's see all right yeah look i agree with you and look we're gonna find out i thought this was a great question who is more of the top four team right now florida state or notre dame i i think it's a great question uh, I think that Notre Dame's definitely better on defense. I think that they're a little more physical. But to be honest with you, we hadn't played anybody, Jason. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we, right. we can't. We can't say we're a top team right now. We, you yeah. know what? Right now, if if you want to talk between those two teams, right now, Florida State beat somebody. We haven't. We haven't played a football game yet. We've had two scrimmages. Mm-hmm. And, I like it. And, sure. and so, at the end of the day, let's find. You know, we'll have a better idea after this weekend. I mean, yeah, somebody said it earlier. It's week one. Like, let's not let's yeah. not get too jazzed up because in week one, if we pick out the national championship game, it's Oklahoma versus Oregon. You know, yeah, you can it's overreact so- from, re- from week yeah. one for sure. And that's a, I think it happens a lot <clears throat> that you get a lot of overreactions, both on the one side and on the other, uh, you know, that somebody's trash and somebody's not. Yeah. You know, so right. it's uh, it's easy to kind of do that. But um, it's fun. <laughs> It, it is fun to do that. So that's why we do this. You're picking on the teams that you can't stand. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's why week one. Week one is a is a nice big bowl of ice cream, and it's vanilla. <laughs> that's what it is. It's vanilla. You're not seeing anything really when you see these teams. When you start seeing week two, week three, week four, that's when we start to see some stuff. Like yeah, that. we start getting yeah. into the nitty gritty. No one can hide anything anymore. You know, again, Texas. We'll find out what kind of team Texas and Alabama is here in week two. That's going to be a tremendous game. In my opinion, Texas should have won last year. That roughing the passer call was a little bit of BS. You know, to be honest with you, it saved Alabama. Sure. I'm excited yeah. to see what that looks like. There's good matchups coming up here pretty soon. That's why, honestly, the preseason poll, I'm not a big preseason poll guy <clears> based <throat> off of last year, new teams this year, what teams mm-hmm. look like it. Honestly, to me, I wish the AP would really, you know, and I know it, it would hurt the AP, but the AP shouldn't release an, uh, an actual AP top 25 to week four. That's just my opinion. You get three games. Well, in, that would hurt us content creators, is what that would do. <laughs> oh, well, I no, would. I would. We'll no, it wouldn't. No, it we'll wouldn't. We're still going to talk shit. We're yeah, talk you, look, have yeah. you ever seen Big Game Boomer? Anybody can just make up random bullshit and throw it out. Oh my god! Internet. His yeah, his account. That's man. fair. That's a fair. It's, that's uh, a fair but but I'll say this: is if AP went down to like a instead of saying like a rankings poll, like a trending poll or something like that, I'd be fine with that. You just rebranded a little bit. You still put a list together now. Are people still going to be like, that's right. Look at me. We're, we're, you know, fifth in the country. You know, people are still going to do that. But it, again, it, none of this matters. And if you don't mind, let me ask you a question. I'm going to pose one that do you think that with the playoff being next year, <clears throat> coaches and programs that, that that thinking is affecting them this year already, even though that we've got one more year of the 14 playoff? In what way? What do you mean? Uh, what are they? Is it affecting what? So like the, uh, just the intensity right out the box, um, you know, like the, it's, you know, cause next year you can lose a game. It, it's okay. It's like the NFL. If you're an NFL I'm team, lose two. Yeah. Yeah. And so going forward, you know, that's, 
it's right around the corner. Now, obviously every single coach wants to win every single game. And so I'm not really saying that, but I mean, like you just saw some, you saw some lackluster vanillas. I mean, even though JJ, you're right. hundred percent. It's, it's, it's vanilla as vanilla can be. Um, you saw a lot of people come out and really just not take games, you know, right from the get go, um, just across. I mean, hell, look at freaking Baylor, uh, yeah. you know, Texas State took a been took in about twenty five transfers, uh, you know, from kids who've never played at the university they were at, and they ran Baylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they knocked out, you know, Ch- uh, what's his name? The is it Chapin? Is that it? Right? The yeah. quarterback. He's he's gonna he's gonna be out for two to three weeks with the MCL sprain. Like, you know, it, that there were a lot of programs that want to see bounce back games and bounce back year opportunities. And there's a lot of people who were pretty highly ranked and they were just looking at the game like, all right, you know, this is, this is our tune up. Well, I, I have to say this. I think, I think a lot of, a lot of those games that we're talking about right now, I think the writing was already on the wall. I don't think a lot mm-hmm. of people were listening and I don't think a lot, I think a lot of people were paying attention to the preseason polls, but, but if you look at it, how long have we been talking about Baylor just going down the drain. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about that for almost a year. You know, LSU, I guarantee you guys, I think everybody in this room knew LSU wasn't going to be a great team. You know, but everybody's talking about LSU, LSU this, LSU that. I think we're fixing to see the same thing out of Texas. Guys, I think I think they're going to get handed an ass whooping this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and, and so – it's not like we didn't already know that about some of these people, especially, you know, guys like us that we we live, eat, die football. And so we have a pretty good idea. Now, the fans that are just out there for your team, they don't pay attention to it as much. Right. But, you know, that's just like all the – I guarantee you the fans that, that, that come into this podcast, they're pretty football savvy. And, yeah, and I no guarantee you, they knew some of this was going to happen. Uh, yeah. You know, Clemson, I wouldn't sold on Clemson either. Everybody was talking about they're going to be our hell on wheels. You know, I, I didn't think LSU was going to be that good. We knew TCU was going to struggle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, I, I don't think, to answer your question, I don't think that – and Tech, yeah, thank you. Tech's another one. And, and they mm-hmm. pissed me off because I, I was – a. I was on that bandwagon. You're riding but high, Coach. I, I was. I, I thought <laughs> I, I thought Tech was going to do something, and they pissed down their leg as well. But, but you know, again, I don't think this is me personally. I don't think the playoff system for next year is is causing some of this. I think a lot of this is being caused by things we knew that were coming on and were going to happen. You know. Right. You know, talk just like Colorado. You know that script flipped, and we knew we knew he's going to be better. And I'm telling you, he's going to win five, five or I six. There was more people that knew that they were better than that than than what a lot of people are letting on. I think. I mean, I, there was look when you've got a guy like Shadour, you're going to win football games. Yeah, that's all there is to it. And, and hey, I what's the kid's name? That, Coach, what's the kid's name that played 126 snaps? That's incredible. Yeah, I mean that guy ought oh to be my the leader God. To the right now. If you ask me, when you go out there and you play over a hundred snaps, you have a pick and a freaking touchdown on the other side of the football. Come on, man! At that you know, level I mean, of football, that's incredible. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and listen, Shadour was an upgrade um, over that that the kid from last year because he was the 
starter for Arkansas State. And um, that guy, bless his heart, because <laughs> he, he was hot garbage. Well, and let's so be honest, they, they had about 50 upgrades. Yeah. And, and, and I can tell you this too. And, and again, from today watching the, the Pat McAfee show, and I, I listened to, to Deion Sanders, one of the things I love is that he talked about, you know, how can you coach a guy to do something you've never done yourself? And one of the things he was talking about is how he allowed basically he's teaching Travis Hunter, who's who's now playing both sides of the football, that many snaps. He told him this week, hey, Travis, I don't want you on the football field for practice till Wednesday. Your body got to give a rest. You need to treat your body. You got to be in here treating yourself. I can teach you how to do that at the next level. I play oh two professional gosh. sports. I played two professional sports. I, I was elite at both professional sports. I've won a Super Bowl. He understands, and that's why it's it's so good to see an actual coach understand how you treat certain players because they get it. They understand how to develop these players and what they need to do to reach their potential. Not every player is the same. You don't treat every player the same because each player, it's like a student in the classroom. Each person in the classroom will teach themselves or even learn differently. So I like how Dion's doing it, and it's understandable. It's it's a great coaching style, but more importantly, it's good leadership. And how valuable is that? That's what I was speaking on. Mm -hmm. Just the person that's done it before, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And just the mentorship, just like being able to to take what he experienced and and allow you know allow what he does with the coaches, allowing them to coach on their own, and then give give real experience, uh, uh, you know, teachable moment. To a kid like that who does over a hundred snaps, I, I would assume other coaches wouldn't know that. And they will let him play a hundred snaps and come back to practice the next day and just wear his body out through the season, you know. Mm -hmm. So, man, just yeah. such, such a great guy, man. Such a great coach. Yeah. Well, and and you know, most of the time you look at Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, guys like this. When you're when you're a phenomenal player, it's hard to coach because you got to have like I, I would say this is. If Dion continues to get these high, high four-star, five-star defensive backs, it's, you're going to see more of the same. I want to see what Dion can do when he doesn't have the physical talent in a recruit and with a three-star guy or something like that, because that that's going to be a different game. But Travis Hunter, you you also got to give him a little uh, a little dab too, because uh, you know what? He's a five-star kid. He's a kid in these days. And uh, Big Dave, I mean, you can probably tell me your son's yours. You know, from everything I've heard of him. He is a very, very, very uh, gracious and accepting person. A lot of these kids aren't. They've been told that they were the greatest thing to come to high school football, college football, onto the show, you know, for a long time. So I got to say, you know, I got to give it up to Travis Hunter, too, for listening and letting Dion, you know, mentor him and speak into him and, and help him out because it, it's not always going to be that. And Dion will have a test. You know, Cromani McLean played a few snaps, but – you know, that was a, you know, he was, you know, he reclassified, but hell, he was, you know, the number one player in the, in the 25 class at one point, 24. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I like too. He treats it like it's the, like, honestly, the, these players that prove themselves, not just in practice, but in the game, he treats them like NFL players. Like for instance, Mike Tom, one of the Pittsburgh Steelers here in Pittsburgh, one of the things he always did is if a guy's later on in his career or if he's early on, like a, like a T.J. Watt, and he goes through a little bit of bumps and bruises here and there, he knows how to control the narrative. He knows how to control the body, making sure they're not getting beat up in certain portions. They're not beating their bodies up in camp. I think a lot of these coaches would take that player, and, and, and Big Dave, you talked about it. You know, they would bring them back to practice and be like, you know what, we're going to pump it down. We're going to make them work twice as hard. We're going to do it right. No, it's understanding the human body, understanding, hey, 
he went through this many snaps. We need this many days to make sure he gets back to 100% to be the player that I want him to be on Saturday. And why I'm going to do that is not just for his body, but he understands mentally. He understands the game mentally of what I want him to do. So he's there mentally. He understands the football IQ. Now I can trust him to go take care of his body. That's the number. That's really the big thing of why Travis Hunter's being treated the way he is. Yep. And to add one on to you, you, you 100%. You have to trust your coach in that moment because try telling a guy like Jalen Hurts, hey, we need you to back off. This mother effer is hitting the weights after he lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, there's guys like that out there who – JT Watt, TJ Watt, yeah. KJ Watt, whoever. Tell me that one of those guys, if you're like, hey, I need you to just take a rest day, they're going to look at you and be like, I'll rest when I die. Like, yeah. No. Exactly. you got to be able to trust your coach in those moments too. Well, and guys, right. re recovery, recovery is one of the critical pieces to to having a, a a good year. All the every week, weekend and week out, recovery. And and you know some of the teams that work on their recovery after each ball game, they're some of the ones that actually are most successful during the the long haul of the season. They see less injuries. That their kids are, are mentally fresh and obviously physically fresh. So yeah, I agree with you guys. That what what he's doing is incredible. And, and and with him doing that, guys, understand this. That's why a lot of people aren't going to be happy or agree with what he what he does, right? But I love what he said. I, 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 there's a clip of him saying, "Do you think?" I, he says, "Do you think I even care?" what anybody thinks about what I'm doing, yeah. you know? And I love, I love that a part of it because I, I'm kind of, so you're looking at a father that had two five stars, two number one players in high school at their position, two national championships signed, two NIL huge deals. You know what I mean? Signed, did all of this with these two kids, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of times where people look at what I've done with my sons back then I didn't agree with what I put DJ in a high school, high school quarterback camp when he was only in fourth grade. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and those are the things that I feel like some people try and encourage parents or some coaches do not worry about, you know, what people think about what you're doing with your kid. And I, I just wanted to say that, you know, that's why I, I applaud the man. And I truly believe if you, if your results judge me on how my kids turn out, right. Judge me on my results. So, and it so, obviously worked for you, right? Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. You know, and, and I, I, I go around helping other, other families and just, I just speak on what I did with my kids and what I felt that worked, you know what I mean? And, and, and I just, when I watch, as for you thinking that you did, you had, you were wrong about Sanders' uh, son as a quarterback. You weren't wrong. You just didn't have enough information. You know what I'm saying? I don't think you were wrong. If all the things that were out there about him, you couldn't say he was going to do, you know, well. So I, I I don't think you were wrong. It's just you didn't – there wasn't enough tests for him to really – games to really see how he would have done out there. So I, I don't think you were wrong. It was just that it wasn't enough – you know, you, we couldn't see enough games with him, you know, playing out there. And I, and I think it gets to that point where, you know, I've said before, you know, leadership is, is it's not a noun. It's not an adjective. It's a verb. It's action. It's moving. And I think that when you want to go against the grain and to do something special, okay, if 
anything good in life is hard. It's hard. Okay. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Everyone There's a very few that would do it, and it takes the uncharted path. Okay. You have a chance to go left or right. Sometimes you need to go left where there hasn't been a path yet or a road, but it's up to you as a leader to make that road. Okay. When it comes to you and your kids, you did a hell of a job. You went outside the box. You saw the way you wanted to do it. You understood, hey, I'm doing this for the benefit of my kids. That's leadership. Okay. And I think, honestly, as a parent, you know, I don't have kids yet, but I can tell you this as a parent, you always want the best for your kids. And no matter what it is, you're going to press and push no matter what it is. And I think it's the same way in coaching. When you look at these guys and you understand that they're not just your players, you you have 100 kids on your team. Those are 100 of your sons. It's it's a whole different ballgame. And the best coaches understand that. And to take that leadership role, you need to do things that aren't popular. Leadership is one of the most you know, daring things you can ever do because you're not going to be liked 100% of the time. You may not be liked 30% of the time, but they will respect you with the end goal, understanding you know where you're going. Leadership is not for everybody because guess what? If you want, if you want something that's going to please you 100% of the time, go get a bowl of ice cream. If you want to be happy for a month, go on a cruise. Okay, If you want true leadership and to earn respect of other people, Go outside the box and do the right thing because guess what? They may not be happy now, but in a month or two, they will be. You know what, JJ? I I love everything you said, and yes. and I tell you what's funny about it is, I, I and the reason I was late because I, I'm coaching a little second and third grade uh, flag football team, and I had my parents meeting tonight, and the the words that just came out of your mouth just now are almost exactly the words I talked to the parents about today. Uh, so I, I love it, buddy. I, that's you're, you're, you're spot on brother. Spot on, spot on. Uh, I'm just going to say this to the folks that are in there, not enjoying that. We're talking about CU. I don't really give a shit if you guys like it or not. I'm going to tell you, I just don't care. This is, there's a reason why th- there was a reason to talk about them. Nobody was going to freaking, Nobody picked them to beat TCU last weekend. They go on the road and get it done. In hey, the quit saying nobody. Else. Quit saying nobody. A lot of people did not pick them. <laughs> you know, you know. Hey, a lot of people in this channel didn't pick them to do it, mm-hmm. right? That they, they come and watch this every week. You guys don't have to love it, but the truth is, you're going to have to start giving you. You're going to have to start giving them their due because you can't sit there and call TCU trash after they were a freaking three touchdown favorite and la- and not only that you were picking them perfect some people are sick of hearing about it you know what there's plenty to talk about all we're talking about everybody in the country today if you if you look on the right side over there we we write about we're talking about everybody here we we're going to be talking about Texas and, and Alabama here in a minute Everybody's talking about it. So whether or not you guys uh, like it or don't like it, I'm sorry. But this is, you know, do your own show then, bro. Don't talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about there. We've talked about Duke and Clemson. We've talked about Florida State, LSU, Colorado. So if you go to ESPN's headlines, uh, number three, Duke, Colorado, uh, enter top five, FSU vaults number four. I mean, it, this is this is an absolute – I mean, it's, it's one of the leading about. stories in college football. Yeah. Now it's it's yeah nobody is crowning him nobody is saying like how do you think he's going to do against Alabama or LSU or you know Georgia or you know Ohio State in the you know national championship game or anything like that but it, it, again it, it it's it's there I you know I already showed up with my apologies to Prime and it, it looked a lot better than I thought it was. 
anyway. especially in a week, especially in a week, once again, where there's a lot of people like Georgia that look like dog shit. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about what's what's the hey this is a, this is a college football show and we're talking about college football and what just happened. Okay, you don't have to like it if you don't if you don't if you don't like it you don't got to be here, guys. That's all. Hey, it is. I mean, I hey, love Jace. everybody here and I and I'm I'm glad that we have an audience. But I'm gonna tell you it, this: we're gonna run this show the way that we see fit, and everybody's talking about CU this week, and CU earned for everybody to talk about them too. Period. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jason. Jason. Go. Love you, brother. Let's let's keep on trucking. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk some college football, baby. Let's move along. Shit. All right. All right. <clears throat> you guys get me all wound up and shit. <laughs> <laughs> looking ahead hey. to next week. Looking ahead to next week and the big game of the week, particularly. Hey, let's talk we... about Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. Texas, now, yeah. uh, let's talk about Texas, Bama. What's going on with this game? Hey, look, I, I was, I've been saying, and I feel like that Bama was a lot better. I don't think that there was a question about the quarterback for for all this time that we've been talking about. Um, now, I mean, obviously they didn't play anybody either this past week, but they look better against their nobody than um, you know Texas did. They are at home. What are your feelings? We'll start with you, Coop. What are your feelings there, knowing what you know about Texas? Of their, What are their chances of going into Tuscaloosa and getting a win? You know, it's I just don't see much hope for Texas in this game. Um, the strength of that team was supposed to be their offensive line and all their skill positions. They, they were playing against Rice with multiple opportunities, kind of like with where Duke took advantage of Clemson's mistakes. Texas couldn't take care of, uh, you know, take advantage of Rice's mistakes. Um, yeah. If I'm Alabama, I say hit Quinn Ewers a lot. Don't knock him out of the game. He needs to stay in the game. <laughs> you don't want Malik Murphy coming in because then all That's that right. sudden, everything that you trained against is going to change because he's going to be running that old school uh, – what was the old the quarterback? They ended up, they called it the uh, the the ten wheel package uh, when they ran the little thing way back in uh, you know a couple of years back. But it, it, I mean, there is a one hundred percent chance that this is an absolute beatdown. I think Nick Saban. Um, you know, it, 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 did you see? And <laughs> the, last year, if you guys haven't read this, uh, Texas allowed like upper deck seats only to the Bama band. And so um, <laughs> they didn't show. Well, that's all that Alabama gave the band and fans for guest tickets this week. And so Nick Saban, he may not address a lot of stuff, but he has been pandering this whole entire offseason about don't you forget my name. You know, you guys, we are two possessions away from a perfect season last year. Were they as good as they usually? No, they weren't. They, I think they read a lot of press clippings too. But, um, you know, when you schedule a minute to middle Tennessee state, your goal is ass whooping in every possession. And they did that. Uh, Jalen Milrow, he still has to prove it to, you know, against big boy competition. But on the ground, they've, you know, between him, McClellan, um, you know, they, they do have a couple defensive backs that are going to be uh, dinged up here a little bit. So, um, you know, I think that if you can have the front seven uh, from Alabama, just really put tons and tons of pressure. You got inconsistency, which matches up with forced errors. 
Uh, it's just a perfect recipe for, you know, an ass whooping. Good call, Coop. Good call. Okay. And again, what, do not what? knock Quinn Ewers out of the game. Do not knock Quinn Ewers out of the game. Nobody wants to see the Transformer, bro. Nobody. I promise you they don't want to see him in Tuscaloosa either. Uh, I'm telling you now, that I, that guy is, to me, he's got an opportunity to be like Vince Young 2.0. When he's six foot five, got that kind of speed and that kind of arm, scary, right? Scary. So uh, to me, I hope that, that Quinn Ewer stays upright and they get their ass kicked. But I hope he stays upright <laughs> in, in, in the game. So, yeah. The spread, I, I don't think it's a ton. It was 10 earlier in the in the uh, in the summer. I hadn't really looked at it. I Ooh, saw eight it. last week. Eight last week. Uh, it might be down to seven. I'm trying to take a look. Looky loo yeah, here. Oh, it's a seven up. point spread. Okay. I always find it funny that ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. ESPN went for years and years and years against any gambling spreads or anything like that. Now they listed on the uh, upcoming scores. It just blows my mind every time. <laughs> Right. Yeah. For Sooner Nation, as Stephen G says, for Sooner Nation, do not knock out Quinn yours. Yeah. I don't think anybody wants to. And, and look, here's the thing. Quinn's a good football player. I'm not even trying to. I'm not, I don't think anybody here is really dogging Quinn because he and he had a good game the other day. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, now, Texas didn't have a great game. They, I mean, they, I, they, we do know that they play down to their. This is the way they've always kind of been. They play down to their competition this is how texas is they also play up to their competition um and and i would just tell you that you know that these guys are, are probably going to play pretty well against them but i do feel like in the end alabama wins this game i think they cover seven i think they cover seven and they're going to try to bully ball ugly this thing up in my opinion you're going to see them try to because their talent i mean listen no matter what anybody thinks about Alabama, whether they're going to make it to the playoff or, or win the West, even in the SEC, you can't knock the fact that they're definitely one of the top two talent rosters in the country, right? That, you know, that there's no two ways around that. Now, Texas has got a lot of talent on their roster too. They always do. But in the end, you know, that's uh, I would still, I, I'm going to bet on Nick Saban more times than I'm going to bet on freaking Steve Sarkeesian, man. Seven when Sark is just not the dude, right? Well, you know, last year you saw what happened, right? Um, Alabama almost lost that game. And I, I just feel like sometimes Sarkeesian, because he came from Alabama, I think he kind of knows something and, and some of the stuff that happens there. So, you know, uh, I, for me, I'm thinking it's going to be a pretty good game. You know, I, I know all the, the the variables and everything that's going on that we see, but for some reason, just Starkeesian sometimes just kind of dials up some stuff. You know what I mean? He kind of knows the tendencies of Alabama, and you know, hopefully, we can have a good game like last year. <laughs> I think it should be a pretty decent game, but I think they end up covering it. And the reason yeah. being is because Sark just doesn't – he's not great at – here's the thing, Big Dave, is that we've seen this a lot. Yeah. The first year there, he doesn't he doesn't make adjustments. He doesn't make Got adjustments. When, when the other school makes their adjustments, Sark doesn't seem to. And I think that as great as he's doing recruiting, as great as they're going to be on that offense, and I think when once he gets out of his script, 
it, it gets it gets to be hard. They even lost. I mean, they were shit up 17 at OSU last year and going into the fourth quarter and just gag it away because he's not, you know, handing the ball to his to his thoroughbreds, which was crazy to me, right? <laughs> you know, Bijan and, Ro- and Roshan, and neither one of them touched the ball hardly in the whole fourth quarter. Into the wind, too. It's not like there was one factor. I mean, that wind was damn near 25, 30 mile per hour gusts. And, and there's one on place wind. in the country that it switched, and so it's going yeah. left and right. You saw balls that were getting pushed off of off of line by ten yards. You know, yeah. crazy stuff, right? Wow. So how many how many times has one of Saban's assistants beat him when they've played each other? Not often. Yeah, but they asked Sark that question, and Sark said, "Well, just let me." Reask you a question. He said, "How many of non-passed? You know, what's the record of non-passed assistants versus Sarkisian? Mean, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but 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 it, it, there's the Belichick stat like that too in, in the NFL. So, but you're right. I mean, at some point you can't. I mean, when you have such a lopsided encounter, those things come in. You hear all of it. You hear it all the time. I mean, you watch. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch." Um, Ted Lasso, but they have that in there, you know, because, you know, they, they go and they play a team that, you know, they've, they lose to every single year and it just gets in the players' heads. And uh, so, I, I mean, I think that that's it, but as far as the, uh, as far as the coaching mismatches, you know, it, it's, this is a game to where if, if Sark, I mean, I think it's better for Sark to get blown out than to, you know, miss it by, uh, you know, a hair again, because then a lot of people are going to start tabbing him in that Texas politics that he can't win big games. Which is probably a true statement. Mm-hmm. And Texas is Texas. I mean, it, you can throw whatever name you Amen, want. Amen, brother. They are never, because guess what? I Tex, if, if Nick Saban came to Alabama, he would deal with the same shit that anybody else does. Why? Because you put a bunch of billionaire oil men, and they think they're smarter than Nick Saban. This dude plays a game for a living. You know, I I, I lost his contract last year, and it annoyed me. So I'm, um, you know, so the, just it, that that whole thing. And, and again, like I said, you didn't see uh, you didn't see our boy uh, Arch Manning coming in the game against Rice at all. And you know, if you have that situation, that's Texas doesn't want Malik in there at all because they don't want him to get hurt because our sure as hell ain't going to, I mean, he hasn't played players. You pick one of Alabama's defenders and it's the best defensive back or defensive lineman or linebacker that he's ever played. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I tell you, and, and, you know, JJ, I, I, I know this bookie that said he gave me a seven and a half points uh, in, in the game. I, I don't know where the hell he came from, but he shot me a text. But, 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 you know, again, I, guys, I I don't, I don't think this leads to, I think this is one of the same storylines that we talked about on these other teams that everybody said they were going to be world beaters and, you know, uh, you know, quarterback going to be a, be a Heisman trophy type guy. Uh, Again, Sarkeesian, has not proven to us he can win. Coop, you said it. Texas is Texas. And, you know, the good old days of their good runs is is over. 
and I, I, I think, I think they lose by at least twenty-one this weekend. At least. All right. Hey, I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. Thanks, uh, chicken, for the super chat. There, he said, hit that like button. I will do a shot for Coop. He is a wee bit prude. Easy. <laughs> not sure what this means. Hey guys, I don't know what this means either. But uh, yeah. But listen, I want to. I want to. I want to say one thing. I took some screenshots. I think that the the kids call them receipts about all the uh, the before college football taking off. And I see Quinn Ewers as the eighth pick in the draft. And hmm. so I'm just gonna. I'm holding on to that. I emailed it to myself so I so I wouldn't lose it. Just because again, it's and, and I'll, I'll I'll match them up with LSU. How do you take a team? What's the old saying, Coach? If someone keeps on trying to tell you who they are, believe them. Yeah. You know, it, it's you take a team like LSU and a team, and, and I throw out Joe Burrow uh, because that team was just out sure. of its mind. But yeah. but you, you you know LSU is schizophrenic. Texas, same situation, and it, it, it's it's almost one of those deals like you just gotta you know I'm not from Missouri, but you know I like the show me state mentality. You just gotta show me. Absolutely, um, you gotta get there and. Uh, you know, Alabama has been pushed in the corner and they've been told for now two years plus that they are done. Nick Saban needs he's he's thinking about retirement. Folks are making career decisions and life decisions for Nick Saban and he don't even know them. Uh, makes me think of the, the, the Geno Smith quote last year. Everybody wrote me off, but I didn't write back. And uh, <laughs> so I, I just, you know, I, I see Nick Saban really wanting to stump a mud hole, mud hole in a lot of folks' backside this year yes, sir. because of all of this. And, and, and again, if Texas goes out, and I say that, but if you know earlier in the year I said, don't be surprised if Texas goes out there and really puts it to Alabama because of the confusion on the quarterback side. Jalen Milrow, a lot of people already making Jalen Hurts you know, comparisons, but he's a little bit more twitchy, more athletic. Jalen Milrow still hasn't played anybody, so he still needs to hop in there and, and, and ball out too because sure. – uh, Texas defense was what really made that game as uh, you know as as much of a blowout as was this year uh, this past week is uh, you know that they beat Texas put that defensive uh, output against that entire Alabama team and number one pick in the NFL draft last year. I was going to say a little bit of a little bit of a devil's advocate. You know when when I'm looking at you know both of these teams, here's why I think the game will be close and I think it'll be a cover uh, one way or the other. You know, when, you know, Quinn Ewers faced, you know, Rice this week. And again, we said it was, you know, 37 10. Um, you know, he was 19 of 30, 260 yards, three tutties. Um, when I went back and watched that tape, so I wanted to watch that because I was getting ready, geared up for the Alabama Texas game this week because I wanted to see this game uh, again because it was a good game last year. Uh, to me, when I was watching some of the tape, I, I think they were holding some stuff back and I think they can get caught up a little bit. Um, Texas didn't handle it the way I thought they would. I thought they'd be able to run the score up a little bit more. But the one thing that really gets me is, you know, Alabama won, obviously, 56-7, to seven, okay? But Jalen Monroe only was 13 of 18 for 194 yards, okay? Obviously, he had three touchdowns. But it's middle, you know, it's middle Tennessee, okay? Yeah. Me, personally, I think this game will be close because, you know, one, there are a lot of questions with the quarterback position, okay? And I think when Nick Saban is asked about the quarterbacks, and, you know, all three of them play. Tyler Bushner from, from Notre Dame, obviously he didn't get a lot of snaps. I mean, he only threw five passes. Um, sure. You know, and even Ty Simpson got in there, only had one pass. But when he talked about all three quarterbacks, the first thing he said was, 
you know, they, you know, like they asked him, what did you think about the quarterbacks? I guess they all threw the ball. They all were out there and they all got sacked and they all had incompletions. That, that's kind of like a, a comment like, hey, I wasn't really happy about the, the overall play of my quarterbacks while they were out there. I think there's a lot of question marks. You know, Texas does have a lot of talent. They got to prove it. I think you know we've certainly hit it on the on the head with you know Steve Sarkeesian and a guy that can't win more than nine games hasn't won ten games in his career. Um, you yeah. know he's got a lot of talent. He's got to prove it. But I think this game's going to be close because he's gearing up for it. I, you know from watching the tape, uh, you know he certainly held some stuff back because he knows he has to come out and really game plan to the point where it's going to be in Tuscaloosa. But I think that their defense, the way they're planning, is that you know hey it's not. It's not Tua out there. There's a lot of question marks with this quarterback room. Can they handle that amount of pressure? Because you know they're going to go into this game saying, hey, look, we got to win this game. we got to win this game to make sure we keep our level headed and to make sure we're going towards a national championship and then get to get to compete with, with Georgia, obviously. And in my opinion, you know, if they lose this game, Alabama is still going to be in it for the college football playoff because they can still win the conference. But I think overall when you look at this, I think it's going to be a really tight game because there's stuff that Sark's hiding, okay? I think he held mm-hmm. back a little bit. Um, do I think Texas wins? I don't. I think was, was of, uh, you know, Alabama's defense, I think it's going to be a star-studded <laughs> defense. But I want to see Xavier Worthy, what he does in Tuscaloosa. I want to see what he does. I want to see if their defense does show up. What does Quinn Ewers do? Now, if Quinn Ewers gets hurt, then, yeah, I think the game is completely over because Manning won't be able to take that kind of pressure going into Alabama. But I think overall, I think the game's going to be close. These are two really good teams in terms of talent level. It's whether Texas yeah. really steps up. And also, too, what does a quarterback room do for, for Alabama? That's going to be a fun thing to watch. JJ, what, what real, Sark, real quick, real quick, what Sark is hiding wanna... is wins. Go ahead. What's, go ahead. I, 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 what I was saying was what Sark is hiding is the W's, the wins. <laughs> yeah. Correct. That is uh, correct. Real quick, guys, uh, let's uh, – uh, wanted to say thank you to Nelio. He uh, another super chat there for ten dollars. Good, Good to be job, back here. Says, Love the debate on college football, fellas. Yeah, listen, I think it's uh, you know, and then there was another pretty good question here. Uh, you know, what would be the key to a Texas win? Uh, Private Key asked that, and Nelio came back with a pretty good one as well. I don't, getting them the wide receivers out in space, finding them would be a start. Let their playmakers do their thing. I think you're correct on that. Uh, and, and being able to, you know, if, if you are able to get a lead and stuff like that, my, my thing was, do you trust this running back, this stable of running backs when you didn't trust the last ones would be my question. Again, if they can make an adjustment because you know that, you know, that Alabama will, you know, you know that Alabama will. So it's, it's a matter to me. I, I got to figure out whether or not they're going to finally learn to make an adjustment here before I'm going to give anything to those guys. Again, thanks for the super chat. Uh, we appreciate that a lot. Uh, some of these new comments. Let's see. Uh, nobody but Colorado opened up the playbook this weekend. I don't think that a lot. I think you're right there, Shoddy. That's that's uh, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? A, a lot of a lot of vanilla playbooks, things like that. I don't even know that you that you saw the whole playbook there uh, from from CU as well. You know what I mean? It, we're going to have to wait and see whatever happened. Um, but, yeah, A.D. Mitchell is going to be important for Texas. Uh, knows what it is to be. To beat Saban, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, to beat Saban. Yeah, um, yeah and then um, 
Oh man, Adela, I'm sorry to hear you got COVID. That's oh, I'm sorry, Adela. Oh, that sucks. See, you went all in as they should have. They did. They needed to. And I don't know that. The, I don't know that you saw that playbook though. You know what I mean? And I just, I just don't think that you've seen a ton of that playbook when it comes to um, Sean Lewis. You know, I mean, it, the, you don't. Not everybody played them every year, so it's you know. And, and, and you know, guys, I, I don't care if number one and number two are playing in the first week of the season. You don't get the whole playbook. You you don't have time to install the whole playbook, uh, and you're going to find what what's been successful against those people previously, and and what you know the best you know about them. Uh, but you're not going. Nobody's installing the whole playbook. Yeah, yeah it's. I mean, you, and again, you you work on things, and it does not matter who lines up across from you. You have been watching uh, your own teammates play against you for nine months now. You could have had a baby in that span since you last played football. And I think some have. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, Georgia fans, and then they went for a nice speed race. Um, and then, but you know, you've been doing that, and all of a sudden, you see something that you've seen in a teammate for the past, you know, nine months. And you react to that instead of how you typically react, because I mean, again, you just do it over and over and over. It's going to, you know, you're going to create a habit. And so, you know, that's why you're going to see, you know, some, some shenanigans happen on in the first week of the season. Um, I, you know, JJ, I, I, the only thing I'll say about, you know, watching Texas is, you know, that I felt they struggled. It was the offensive line and yeah. around here, people have been touting the Texas offensive line as the best in decades. And, you know, Kelvin Banks is, is, is the big name around there. Those guys didn't, I mean, they, that's, that's where they struggled is, you know, when Quinn starts feeling pressure and it's inconsistent, but it's, it's often that's when, you know, that's when we've seen Quinn look really, really bad because his mm -hmm. mechanics fall apart and he just goes for just slinging arm talent. And, uh, and, you know, you, you just watch him. I mean, watch him when he's confident, he throws the ball differently. And, uh, but again, you know, how many quarterbacks can you say that about, you know, and no quarterbacks do really, really good when they have somebody, you know, on their ass half the time. And you're right. Hey, uh, guys, we got to let JJ get out of here. Hey, um, appreciate you coming on the show as always, JJ. And of course, you, you know, you got under the skin of, of the, of the UGA folks in there, in the audience <laughs> about the back to back, about the jokes there. So the speeding jokes, uh, but <laughs> Hey coach, I appreciate you guys and, and shoddy as well, but Hey, JJ, Thanks a lot for coming on. Make sure to let everybody know uh, where we can find you. And uh, and uh, we'll uh, appreciate you coming on again. Yeah, again, uh, before I even tell everybody where to find me, uh, obviously, Coop, Coach, Jason, uh, Big Dave, I know he's not on here. Tell him, uh, you know, it was really a pleasure to meet him. Guys, it's always good coming on here. Again, guys in the comment section, um, one, this is always a great show to come on. I don't come on all shows because it's really good to be able to be with these guys because the amount of knowledge they have. It's so good to be here. The show is what it is because of you guys. Remember remember to hit the like button. And, again, subscribe to the channel. Do everything you can for these guys because they are the best of the best. Uh, Jason, thank you again, as always, for allowing me to come on here. It's always a pleasure to come on to a great show like this. Brother, um, we love having you on, my man. And a big prediction. When you get to see Big Dave again, tell him, I got Oregon State beating USC this year. Boom. Hold on to it, okay? I think a lot of people do around here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, JJ. I just wanted to say your show's great too. So, absolutely, I, I love I love Absolute. jumping in there. But Coop, both you know, you guys are incredible. 
I, I learned I, I think I learned more football from you guys than I've learned in in years. I'll tell you what. Will, you, uh, I'll put it in. Uh, it's actually in our um, description right now, Stephen G. Uh, but it's talking football with JJ Kitchen. Um, it's uh, talking college football with JJ Kitchen. But it, he's actually his uh, link is in our channel description right now. So yeah. just jump on there. You can get on there anytime. But yeah, everybody, make sure to uh, get in there and uh, subscribe to his channel, man. He's this guy's one of the best in the business out there. We love having him on the show, JJ. We appreciate you again, bud. Again, it's, guys, thank you guys so much for everything you guys do. The fans, you guys are the best. That's why this, that's why this stuff is so much fun. Again, talking college football with JJ Kitchen. And you can also find me on Twitter at JJ underscore Kitchen 40. And, of course, Coach I from Fan Attic Sports Network. Give him a follow as well. I'll tell you what, guys, it's always a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. You guys are the best. Love you guys. I can't wait to have you guys on my show. I'll talk to you guys Love soon. you, brother. Thanks for coming in, my Love man. you, brother. Talk to you soon. Hey guys, right. hey, JJ, JJ's in a three-piece suit. Uh, if you find his Twitter handle, so he's not uh he, he definitely isn't meathead in a tank top. So uh, if you look at it and you're like, oh my god, I found a financial analyst who has a similar Twitter. No, that's him. That's good. That's the truth, too, man. The guy is a top-notch financial analyst. Uh, he's one of those dudes, man. JJ is the man. Hey, uh, wow. actually, yeah, in a couple of weeks, too. WVU fan here, love JJ, great talk show. Um, yeah, I'm glad wow. you guys jumped over there. You'll you'll love his show, man. And we got to get him to a thousand subs, man. We're trying to get in there as quick as we can because, um, man, he puts out some great content. Uh, obviously, you got the backyard brawl coming up next week uh, in week three. That's going to be a big time game there as well. Excited for that one. Uh, you know, he'll be on. I'm pretty sure he'll be on Kuz's Corner as well. And if you're not already a freaking member of of his show or you're a follower of Kuz, uh, you know. You should be. You should be. He's, he's one of the best shows out there, even if it is for West Virginia. Uh, we, love know, we love Coos. Have I ever told you a story of how Coos and I kind of became uh, respectable counterparts is uh, when the hugging stuff went down, um, you know, he was posting a bunch of pictures and a lot of people were obviously had, you know, polarizing, uh, um, you know, opinions of that. But uh, you know, I yeah. just said, you know, this, this sucks. This is, you know, this is an absolute terrible thing for him to go through and it, there's nothing cool about it, but you know, this, 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 you know, Bob Huggins was a guy who he gave two dams about his kids. He loved them and cared for them and everything. And I was backing mm -hmm. up that. And some, some dude took a shot at me and Kuz kind of came in and, you know, we started chatting up. And then when I ended up on the show with him, you know, a couple weeks back, I thought it was really great. So, I mean, that, that's, that's one of the great things about, if you follow us, you know, we, we, we typically share and connect with a lot of people. We got George Stoya from Sooner Scoop coming on tomorrow night with Jay and I. And, and, oh, awesome. uh, so, I mean, that's, awesome. that's always, uh, that's always a big deal. And, um, you know, we, we respect the hell out of each other. A lot, you know, again, this is Sooner football, college football, stuff like that around here. Notre Dame. People consume content. That's what, you know, I did that Bitcoin show for the longest time. It was hard for me to consume content. One, because I had a lot of concussions. But number two, you know, it's not something that was just part of my blood. This, I mean, hell, I've got something playing at all all aspects of the day because you know I want to hear it. So we got to, you know, we love to help each other out because there, there's plenty of Absolutely. plenty of years to go around. Yeah, we've said Absolutely. it a ton on here that we have the best guests. Period on on this show. You know, I mean, to bring you guys, I mean, it's been we've been felt really blessed to be able to bring on big Dave like that and to be able to talk yeah. to him, you know, after having, 
you know, this is his second time on the show, but after DJ had such a big game uh, over the weekend and wanted to talk to him about it. And, you know, he, he, he didn't really want to say a whole lot about Clemson and I don't blame him. And, and, and but he did come on and, and make a few comments and, and, and say what he felt about that. So we appreciate that from him. But well, he's a pretty classy fella. He is a classy guy, man. And I mean, this is a whole, what a great family, you know, that, that whole family. I mean, you can't, how do you, how do you have a problem with the Uyunglele family? You can't, you know what I mean? I don't care. I don't care who you're a fan of. There's no way that you could. Um, so it's uh, to me, you know, we bring on guys like that. We bring on JJ. We've had on Shoddy and and Coach I. I mean, they're two of the the best in the business too. JJ, one of the best. Coos, one of the best. I mean, hey, Coop and Jay from Unfair Sports. I mean, these dudes are pros. Period. They are. Everybody we bring on, we got Ty. I mean, I don't want to miss anybody here. Everybody hey, that we bring on this show is the real deal. <laughs> period. So be happy with that. I'm glad that we are able to do that. Um, look, we bring you guys as good a content as what we can week after week. We love you guys. Uh, we love our audience. And that includes even when you start coming at us about stuff, it, perfect and stuff, that, you know, look, we're going to come right back at you about some stuff too, but we appreciate you guys being members of the show. The main thing is guys, we're going to talk about everything though. We are, and we don't, and you don't have to agree with everything we say. But you know, uh, you I would hope that you guys kind of you know <laughs> keep that keep that low. Uh, what did he say? Let Coop know one more strike. I was going to get on his head. I was I was taking shots at Georgia. Play. Hey, I, I'll <laughs> say that I'll say this is if Georgia wants to f around, they're going to find out at that same level. I don't want to be the one that pisses them off, and you know, but somebody's going to come in, somebody's going to bull board bulletin board them. And it's going to fire them up. And then all of a sudden they want to, as a team, kick your ass. You know, as long as they are dormant, playing, you know, whoever they played, whatever. We saw them struggle against Missouri. That's not because Missouri put together a good game plan. It's just hard as a human being to be in 24-7, 365, game in, game out. Ask ask any athlete. Um, I talked to DeMarco Murray a while back um, about – you know, just the, the, the buy-in on the running backs. And and he says, you know, one of the big things, one of the big reasons why Tali Walker was out there for OU this week is because every single moment of every single snap, of every single practice, Tali was the one not getting screamed at. He just did what he was supposed to do, show up. And as a coach, right, that's who you want. You don't want the superstar who flashes and then looks like he doesn't know what sport he's playing you know, every once in a while, like you want to see consistency. Right. Yep. Hey, and uh, we love you. We love you guys too, Steve. We appreciate you guys all coming in that even the ones that are busting my chops today, man. I'm, I love <laughs> all you guys too. So uh, yeah, I like to talk about college football, all college football, and we're going to continue to talk about all of it guys. We, you know what we are and uh, yeah, look, Hey, look, this is why we bring people on like this, Shadi. I mean, you know, Coop is the man. We're going to let – he's going to come in here. He's going to take his shots, but he's going to give you real stuff too. Uh, this is why he's a member. Of the, he's he's always on this channel, particularly on Tuesdays, you know, because he's beat, the man too. We love him. Be so, the uh, champ. You got to beat the champ, right? So, yeah. I mean, George yeah, is – There's no George's, doubt about that part. There's no doubt about that part. I think that they, they're going to find their way. Um, I, I feel like he's going to be – Georgia is going to be there because of the fact that it's kind of similar to what we've been talking about with OU is that their schedule sets up for them to have a chance. I mean, almost definitely to get back to the playoff for them. It sets up for OU to have a shot to get in as well. 
obviously you need to probably, you know, uh, go right through it. Oh, hey, yeah. Uh, you know what, Onakuno? I haven't even – I've watched his show quite a bit, and I've never really gotten to speak to him. I, I actually will reach out to him. That's not a terrible idea. I like it. Um, yeah, because I like his show. I like his show. He's he's a good creator. He is. Um, no, it's all good, bro. Don't worry. Uh, we're all Be good. better, Hank. Be better. Yeah, I'll I'll reach I'll reach out to him and stuff. I don't know if he watches our show or anything like that or uh, you know, but uh, I'd enjoy having him on there. Uh, we we definitely we definitely like to have him. Be better. All right, guys. We appreciate everybody coming in here. Uh, look, we're we're going at two hours and twenty three minutes. Everybody else has moved on out of here. I got to get some stuff done as, this evening as well. I want to thank Coach and Coop for coming in. Uh, and uh, for for giving us amazing, um, you know, as usual, uh, amazing insight into last week and coming up this weekend as well. Uh, Coop, let everybody know how to find you. Yeah, check us out, Unfair Sports. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter. Um, we are going to have George Stoya from CenterScoop.com um, from the On3 Network. Uh, George is a younger cat, but he uh, was a writer for the uh, covered the uh, Denver Broncos past couple of years. Um, Carrie and Josh brought him over, and we actually had Sam May scheduled for um, Sunday night, but uh, with his new stuff, uh, Bob Stoops called him. So I'm, I told him I was pissed that uh, you know he went to go hang out with Bob instead of me. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah i get it man i get it well thanks again for coming on the show man you uh you definitely bring a lot to the table we love you having do. you on uh love having you on man and uh so we appreciate that coach Absolutely. all right you want thanks me to tell them where point. they can find me Jason? you can find coach right where he is no, uh, you, right you here can, at you HOF can, media you, you uh, can you find know. me down the street at this little bar and <laughs> no. <laughs> no or it's apparently in ireland at the pub absolutely (laughs) having a pint having a pint baby having a pint having a pint shawty we appreciate all you guys coming in everybody all you folks that uh that were a part of the show tonight we appreciate that a lot shawty coach i uh you know everybody who's dropped in on us neelio chicken steve b perfect uh you know hope adela gets feeling better chicken of course you know hank hey man we pre- even though the fight was going on, I appreciate everybody being here. Private Key, Tim, uh, appreciate you. Stephen G, I'm going to shout out everybody I can here. Of course, Adela, we love you to death. Um, get well. Get better. Yeah, get better, get better, get better soon. And uh, let me make sure I didn't miss anybody else. Private Key, I said you already. Want to make sure. Hey, John Marzula, thank you for coming in. Uh, we appreciate that as well. Eric, thanks again. Um, and of course, JJ <clears throat> was a big part of this today. Let's see. We've got, I think that's about all of you folks that were in here today. Peninsula. I didn't want to miss you either. Everybody. If I did miss you, I apologize. Eric Basham, Shawty, all you folks. Thanks a lot again for coming in. We appreciate you and we will see you on the next one.